Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through.
thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic, Political Talk, part of the conservative conversation. And I'm really hoping while I was listening to uh, the beginning song that even though I've had this as the beginning song uh, of Bard's Logic since 2012, I really hope that I don't uh, become uh, a part of the cancel culture and that somehow uh, they need to come after me f- uh, for inciting something uh, for having that as the, you know, theme song for the show. I guess I'm, you know, inciting people. Just like, you know, Trump saying stop the steal, using the word stop uh, must be uh, inciting uh, something. Of course, you know what I'm referring to? I'm referring to this second uh, sham of an impeachment. I do see callers in to see uh, one push them, uh, one in the number dial. I believe that's Dave. Uh, we get you into the show. Uh, but yeah, of course, you know, they have all their, their, it's a Hollywood movie, really, is what they've been putting together, putting the, the different sound bites of Trump. Not, not even around, the, through my understanding, because I'm not, I didn't even bother watching a lot of it, but I've watched some of the video. And they're putting things that Trump has said that's not even around the time of the, uh, the incident at the Capitol on January 6th. Uh, but that's not, you know, we'll talk about that, of course, certainly tonight. Uh, but what we are going to talk about, um, uh, you know, is, you know, Trump election wins that the media will never, never tell you about. I do have an article here from the Bards Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, go to the uh, page where it has the uh, Bards Logic newsroom. Subscribe to it. You only get an update once a week from that. Um, you're not going to get inundated with emails uh, by subscribing to the Bard's Logic newsroom. So you can get a lot of uh, information, you know, articles, videos, uh, pictures from there. So definitely, uh, you know, check that out. Uh, so head victories, and I've got an article from that. But, of course, you're not going to hear it from the propaganda arm of the Democratic Party, which, you know, I call them uh, the alphabet media. Um, and Trump has also had other victories as well. Uh, and we'll and we'll talk about that. And these are going to be victor, victories um, that's uh, – oh, okay. Well, then, but, don't you know, I get tweets and messages and everything of that nature. I think that's from uh, our good friend Joseph, and we'll, we'll, we'll bring in Joseph as, um, here in a little bit um, after my little uh, opening remarks, which I find interesting uh, using it now. Uh, with, of course, this uh, second impeachment jam. Uh, but anyway, so there's other victories that we're going to talk about that, uh, you know, you may not uh, think of. It's not any of his policies. It's not his agenda. Uh, but to give you a, kind of a teaser is I'm talking about uh, what victories that I think Trump uh, has given when it comes to waking a lot of people up of the corruption of Washington, D.C., uh, waking a lot of even Republicans up seeing the corruption uh, that's within their own party, uh, you know, things of that nature. And we're going to talk about that tonight. And on that vein, uh, you know, so definitely, you know, if you listen to the podcast, join us uh, next week. Uh, we always have something, of course, uh, new to talk about. Uh, a lot of times we'll talk about things that, are, of course, are, you know, relevant of what's happening today. But, of course, we're also going to uh, discuss uh, – welcome, Mass Free America. Uh, also <laughs> – uh, discuss, you know, things that, you know, we hope you haven't heard anywhere else. Uh, sometimes we're literally weeks ahead 
uh, of the curve. I'm even here, uh, Newt Gingrich, which now I'm a part of the uh, Newt Inner Circle, uh, using uh, the propaganda media uh, phrase. I mean, I'm sure you heard a lot more of the uh, political class. And we, we've, we've said the political class here on Bard's Logic for years. <laughs> so it's just funny, you know, seeing how some of the terms, kind of interesting. Uh, but anyway, while you're waiting for, uh, you listen to the podcast now, uh, if you're waiting for, you know, to call in for next week's episode, uh, we do like to have, uh, you know, work on some things for us. And that is, of course, to start working on candidates who I would consider uh, – to go against the turncoat Republicans, for instance, uh, those that voted for Trump's impeachment, such as uh, Cheney from uh, Wyoming. And we have Gonzalez from Ohio, where I've reached out to uh, – I, I heard there is a candidate who was going to be running against uh, guns. I mean, I hate when I do typos. I see a typo uh, for Gonzalez. Uh, but we have um, reached out to him just a couple of days ago, so hopefully we'll hear from him or his uh, campaign to have him on the show. Then, uh, of course, there is uh, Herrera Butler from Washington, Catgo in New York, uh, Kinzinger uh, from Illinois, um, who I think I just did a, a post on Twitter saying, "Well, I'm not afraid of Trump, but if if I get reelected, you know, if I don't get reelected, at least I can be at peace with myself." Well, I'm glad he feels that way because guess what? He's probably not going to get reelected. Um, same with Meyer from Michigan, Newhouse, and there's another typo. Ugh, I hate that. In uh, Washington, Rice from South Carolina, and Upton, uh, Michigan, and Valadao in California. Now, you'll hear some familiar names uh, with folks we want to you start finding candidates. If there is a candidate who's already said, you know, hey, I'm going to run against these people, you know, reach out to them. Hey, try to get them on the show here for us. Uh, either if you got my personal information, reach out to me personally. If you have the candidate who is going to run against these turncoats, or you know, if, if you're not, uh, don't have my personal information, send me a message from the Bard's Logic contact page. Um, you'll see the little elf there. I picked that because you're creating a portal, and it's from a video game I like. I know it's not the more it's more original than <laughs> that's what I like to call it original than a lot of political talk uh, show pages. But hey, that's us. Um, I'm going to be myself here on uh, Bard's Logic. And then you also have the Trinco Republicans who voted to strip Green, um, who remember Green was right there on time saying, look, we need uh, to impeach Biden. And you know what? Now that all this, when this charade is over, I really don't think, and I'd be amazed, and you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, if they're able to get 16, 17 uh, Republicans to convict. Uh, but then they should start, you know, once the Republicans, if they do get the House in 2022, they only need to get, I think, 12 seats uh, to do so. Then, you know, maybe it's time to, hey, let's open it up. Let's go ahead and impeach, impeach Biden uh, from when he was the vice president. Maybe he should be impeached so that, you know, he can't run again. Uh, and, you know, no, not that we think he's going to anyway. But And I don't think Kamala Harris has the uh, – Bribe uh, tossed it to win an election on her own. I mean, just look at her primary. But I digress. But anyway, the turncoat Republicans they voted to strip Green from her committee assignments. Uh, that is uh, Maliotakis from New York. Here's that Catco again. Uh, so if you know anybody in New York, these are the people we need to try to get rid, you know, rid of. Uh, primary, primary, I'm out is what I mean by get rid of, right? I don't want people thinking that oh, 
Rob, Rob, you know, Robert said get rid of. You know, we, we got to make plain for these people because they want to try to throw words in our mouth and they want to interpret the meaning of our words like Trump saying stop. They want to interpret it what Trump meant by stop as if they could get inside people's brains. And we don't have that yet. I know there's a, a, a movie based off of it, I think, with um, – oh, I can't remember the actor's name. Maybe something in my bit. Um, then, of course, you have Jacobs, New York again. Uh, now, this surprises me when I see three Republicans from Florida who voted for Trump. These people definitely got to go. I know there's uh, Republicans out there saying, oh, well, you know, I know they don't always come on board all the time, but they come on board against the Democrats most of the time. Well, I, I can kind of see that with you know places like New York but in, and maybe even California, but especially New York. But Florida, the Diaz, Ballard, um, Jimenez, and Salazar voting to strip Green from a committee assignment. I mean, this is in Florida, and these people did it. They, they need to go. Uh, and then you've got um, Upton again. In Michigan, you know, it's got to be great to see Michigan turn red again. I, I think that's not outside the, the realm of possibility, though, especially since I think Michigan was – I think Michigan was indeed stolen, the same with Pennsylvania. Um, and then there's Kinzinger again, you know, so why would we want to vote this guy in? I mean, he not only voted for Trump, uh, you know, Trump's impeachment, he's also, you know, voted to strip Green from her committee assignment. And then there's uh, Kim. Uh, California, so our you know good friend Kelly, and maybe if he can find someone who'd be running against her uh, there in California, and then we have Smith in New Jersey. Uh, so I'm um, going to come off my uh, soapbox right now and get uh, some callers in. First, we got uh, Joseph, and then Suzette. Um, you know, wild week here, but uh, let's go ahead and bring him in. Uh, thank you very much, Joseph, uh, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I am livid. I am beyond livid because after what happened yesterday, for me, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Right now what is going on, today is a sad day to be an American. To have this so-called mock trial, which is just a mockery of a constitutional republic, is repugnant. And I'm going to give some truth to those who are listening out there. I'm going to give some truth to those who want to make the argument about January 6th. If we are going to impeach or call for the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump because he so-called incited the mob, if we're going to do so, let's play by the same rules. Let's impeach the governor of Portland. Let's impeach the mayor of Portland. Let's impeach the governor of New York. Let's impeach the mayor of New York. Let's impeach the governor of Illinois. Let's impeach the mayor of Illinois. Let's impeach the governor of California. Let's impeach the governor, uh, the mayor of, of uh, California, uh, of Los Angeles. Let's impeach the governor of California. Let's impeach the mayor of Detroit. Let's impeach the governor of Michigan for the riots that occurred throughout the summer, where people were brutalized, victimized. Police officers were assaulted. They were killed. There were fatalities. Businesses were burned to the ground. And none of the senators on the left said a word. None of them yes. said, oh, I fear for my constituents. No. Instead, they incited and they encouraged what was going on. 
And then to see their crocodile tears today crying like a bunch of wusses, which, by the way, they're horrible actors. It wasn't even believable. Having the temerity to say that on that day they were scared for their lives, well, even if they were telling the truth, how do you like when the shoe's on the other foot? How do you like the taste of your own medicine? That's how your constituents felt while you just sat there, and instead of calling them out for inciting it or instead of trying to encourage the National Guard to come out there, what did you do? You enabled Antifa. You enabled Black Lives Matters. Where's your videos from that? So today you show all these videos that you claim were never revealed to the public. Well, I got a lot of videos that were not hidden that I can get off of YouTube that shows all these cities burning to the ground. Why haven't you introduced those? And I'll leave you with one more thing. If this truly was not about preventing Donald Trump from ever holding office, if this truly wasn't, they would have indicted him at another jurisdiction, at a different court of law, and they would have arrested him by now, even as a private citizen. They have the right to do that, like they did with uh, Blagojevich. They have the right to do that. And that just goes to show you this is not about trying to charge him with a criminal crime. This is trying to make sure he never sees the light of day of running for office again because the notion of him still being in the political arena scares the bejesus out of his enemies. Scares them. And I'm going to tell you something. Okay? I have the honor of being involved in a very important congressional race for 2022. And for all those patriots out there, what I would encourage you to do is join a campaign. Coalesce around a campaign that is going to stand up for the Constitution, is going to put America first. Campaign for all these pro-Trump candidates to send these rhinos packing and send them into retirement. Coalesce around them. Pick a campaign of your choice, a candidate of your choice. I know a lot of people like Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, who's running for governor in Arkansas in 2022, or uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. There are a lot of people. And I would highly encourage you, coalesce around them. And I would highly encourage you, at the same time, if you have qualifications, well, for the love of God, don't volunteer. Make sure you get hired. Robert? Suzette, would you like to join a rebel with the cause? I defer back to you. You know, I always would be interested in doing that. <laughs> you, you know, I'm always interested in that. Uh, yeah, that's what I said earlier. I, I, I'm uh, hoping to get a person running against Gonzalez on the show. I did reach out to him a couple of days ago. Uh, haven't heard from the campaign, but I mean, he, he probably he just announced not that long ago. I uh, just heard about it from somebody here. But yeah, yeah, certainly. We'll we'll talk more. I'm sure you know off air. Um, and we got uh, seven oh four. I'm going to call and get to see on the call. I'll put you in the green room shortly and, and get your name uh, so that you know we can get you into the conversation. But anyway, I didn't mean to cut you short there, uh, uh, Joseph. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, not at all. That was just my last pitch, uh, Robert Suzette. Would you like to join a rebel with the cause? <laughs> and I'll leave it to you both. Of course. <laughs> of course I would. 
And I think that's Suzette. That's a good segue, I think. Uh, I think that's Suzette on the line. Uh, thank you very much, Suzette, for coming to the show. Um, how are we? How are we today? Of course, again, there's always something to uh, uh, to talk about. There's always something going on, and now we've got the, the you know, I mean, we're, we are living in history. I mean, we're we're living through a, a president that was impeached twice in his uh, career. Um, I don't. I mean, maybe Trump should wear it as a badge of honor because it's like, look, the Democrats hated me so much. One, they couldn't wait to try to get me out of office, and now, as you pointed out, Joseph. They're so scared of me running again because I am, you know, of the people for the people, you know, not of uh, and for the politicians. Then they are. They're scared to death he's going to run again. Go ahead, Suzette. Uh, yes, that's true. Very true. And, Joseph, I'm glad you made it to the show tonight. I, I thought you were going to be out of town or something. But, yeah, I'm glad you showed up. <laughs> Give us another voice. Thank you. Thank you. Um. Also, um, you know, I'm fired up, but fired up in a positive way, fired up because everything that they're showing in the impeachment through the videos and everything that's coming out of these people's mouths um, are half-truths, no-truths, you know, type thing. Um, And so with that and knowing the truth and knowing where I can send people to find it as far as you can find out here, it's, it's documented here. Um, it's a credible source. It's from the Library of Congress. It's from the um, the what is it, State Department or whatever the document may be, um, archives. And so it's like, bring it on. I'm charged up because what I saw today was very misleading to a lot of people. And so I've been on different shows today, BTR and Freaker and whatever, and then now tonight, and um, talking about it. Well, thank to, you very much for like, doing that, Susan. I certainly appreciate you doing all that. Oh, thank you. Um, we were we just finished Liberty Dan show, um, my husband and I, and so, and then it was like time for Bart's Logic. So, so I'm just, I'm just charged up. So, and trying, you know, informing people and trying to to um, to let them know, hey, you're being fooled and being duped right now. But I don't put it that way because automatically they become defensive, and so oh, yeah, sure. you know it's like. Yeah, so when they say something like today, I, you know, Trump destroyed the Constitution and, you know, he killed people, four people dead or five people dead at the, you know, uh, insurrection and blah, blah, blah. And he's done this. And I'm like, I said, okay, well, sitting aside for just a second, they, um, what, the events on January 6th, because apparently there's an investigation going on. And so I just appeal to you to keep an open mind until the investigation has been properly and thoroughly uh, done and we have a report. So put that aside. Now everything else you just made a claim to, show me. I'll be willing to. I'm willing to open my mind and change my perspective if you can just show me. And so since they can't, and I can show them otherwise, now the discussion's a little bit more open. And so a couple of people were like, "I didn't know that. I didn't know that." Hmm. Okay. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. You know. And so. They're kind of still cynical, but but at least they didn't know it, and now they do. <laughs> so it's a seed. So anyway, it makes me feel good. <laughs> Have well, a good day. And that's why, and that's why you know, I was on, um, you know, I was at the conference call, the, the Newt Inner Circle conference call yesterday, and, you know, I asked Newt, I was like, you know, why do you think Lindsey Graham trial will be short? And his short answer was, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, if it was up to him, and, and I agree. He's like, if it was up to him, he goes, 
this trial would go on for weeks because yeah. then you get more. You, I think more could get exposed, and the people who otherwise would not see. Of course, this is a his his uh, legal team does does it right. Is that more could be exposed about the hypocrisy of the Democrats? I mean, they could expose Kamala Harris. They could expose Maxine Waters. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, a lot of them who were even running for president. Uh, you know how they were inciting. You know how they were inciting violence throughout the. And you pointed that out earlier uh, during the BLM and Antifa riots. You know how. You know, even Kamala Harris was, you know, what was involved, and, and and Cory Booker was saying stuff, and so it's like, look, and and I think the more this will come out, you know, the longer this goes, because then I think the Republicans can come out and say, look, look at what you guys said. How is what you said during a whole summer of acts like this? See, here's the thing that's pissing you people off, the media, and you people here in Congress is this, and and, and I tell you what, Joseph, you could have said it better. And, and I made a comment to somebody on, on Twitter uh, today. It's like, look, you know why they're so pissed off or they're so upset? Because it happened to them. It happened to them. I'm glad those people were scared to freaking death. You know what? I'm glad they were. Yeah. And you know what they mm-hmm. did? They got National Guard. You know, they got National Guard, and they put walls up to protect themselves against the citizens of this country. And they won't – here, now you're going to start hearing me get fired up. And these people – that's what I'm saying. These politicians are for themselves because when they had all these riots, did they send in the National Guard? No. Did they try to protect the citizens of this country? No. Do they, you know, are they going to protect our southern border with, with continue building the wall so we don't get in, uh, influx of invaders in the country? No, because they have no interest in protecting the citizens of the United States. But, boy, you threaten a politician, and, oh, my God, they want to cite somebody for insurrection, and they want to crucify somebody because if they got scared – and as you said, uh, Joseph, you know now they got you know they they got a taste of it. But oh gosh, no, you can't you can't frighten a politician. They're 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 above us. They're you know they shouldn't be able to experience what the common people here or the non political class, as I put them, uh, have to experience. Mm-hmm. Well, there's all it goes deeper than that too, uh, Robert, because when you think of it, what they are doing right now by having the house, the people's house. Uh, barricaded basically with fence and razor wire and passing laws that are unconstitutional and can't be, you know, challenged by anybody or will not be challenged by anybody because our representatives are being closed off from us. Then you have like, they want as far as the second amendment laws that they're looking into passing basically will, you know, strip people from that, having that right. And uh, yeah, so it's a soft coup in my opinion, you don't cut off the people's house because you feel some type of threat. That's why you have police, and, and I don't understand what the threat is in the first place if, if everything is on the up and up and legitimate. I mean, there's no indication of any type of threat. What happened on the 6th happened on the 6th, and that's it. If there's any other type of uprising, it's in the states that Joseph yes. named earlier, and that has nothing to do with Trump supporters. Well, and, here, and here's more, and then I'll get you in, David. I mean, uh, here's more. Uh, here's more hypocrisy from the left. When you had those – and I can't remember the names. I'm sorry. But if you, when you had those two lawyers who were protecting their own house, their own home, from, from rioters, you know, from, from the mob, when they were trying to protect their own home from the mob, from people who had weapons, 
whether it be rocks, sticks, you know, maybe they had guns themselves. And what did they want to do to these two people protecting their own home? Yep. They uh, exactly. they they, wanted, they they confiscated their guns. They wanted to throw these two in prison, seeing their own homes. So again, they care nothing about the citizens of this of, of these United States. They care nothing about them. All they care about is themselves. That's all they care about. Uh, David, let's go ahead and, and get you in, and then I've got an article I want us to share because. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, of course, we've heard on social media and the, the what I call the alphabet media where, you know, well, there wasn't any victories for uh, for Trump, you know, when it came to the, the, the leak for his lawsuits. Well, I've got an article here. It's not real long. I, um, it's not real long at all, so I don't, don't mind reading all of it there for you. Um, and so the, there has been victories, and some of these lawsuits are still ongoing. Um, but we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and uh, bring in David. Uh, thank you very much, David, for coming to the show. How are you? Are you as livid as the rest of us? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm doing quite good. You know, um, everyone's hit the nail on the head. Joseph really said it, man, about the impeachment that everyone, everyone from Portland to Minneapolis, the governors of New York, Michigan, uh, even um, the occupier vice president, Kamala Harris, they should all be impeached and removed. They incited violence. Cory Booker, he incited violence. Gretchen Whitmire, uh, continued violence. All those police chiefs who kneeled and who said, oh, we're on your side, they should all resign. They should all be uh, removed from office, from power, to, submit, to submitting to the will of the mob. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. But I did enjoy watching AOC and her little uh, Muslim friend um, Rashida Talib cry. That was hilarious. Oh my God, that was hilarious. So yeah, you know, there's no sympathy in there. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was actually that was that was fun to watch. And you know, there's video after the video after saying you know if you see any of the people from the cabinet members, you get in their face and you say they're not welcome here. You're inciting violence. And I'm sick of these freaking rhinos always standing down. I mean, it's time that they get a they get a taste of what Trump supporters or real Americans have to go through daily. And you're right; they do not care about you. Even the republic, even the rhinos, and I've even this house Republic, they don't care about you. That's why D.C. right now has got the National Guard. You got that freaking affirmative action pick mayor Bowser. Who thinks she's tough? Who thinks she's hot shit? Part of my language, and she has the guard deployed. They got fences and barricades all over uh, the uh, by the Capitol Rotunda. So you know, I don't want to hear it. What about us? What about our security? What about you know, uh, defunding the police or uh, defunding the border wall, stopping construction, all these executive fiats going on? What about us? So I don't care if they were scared. I'm glad that they were scared. And this is just nothing more than a political witch hunt. But the Republicans better stand strong. And I, I wish that Murkowski, Cassidy, Romney, Toomey, I wish they were all listening to podcasts because you're done. They're going to send Trump, Trump supporting Republicans to send you out of office. And it's not going to be that fat hog, Rona McDaniel. And I know I'm hitting some buttons, but I'm sick of it. She got reelected. She lost the House, she lost the Senate, and she watched the presidency get rigged, and nothing came out of her. And then they're sending, you know, they send you these quasi emails. Oh, we're energetic. We're big. no, you're not. You're saying the same talking points. We don't want you. And that's why the Democrats and those and those six 
coward Republicans who voted for this impeachment trial to continue. Their day, their time's coming well, yeah. to an end. Well, yeah, I mean, one, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of surprised Mitt Romney got, you know, elected there in you and you. So I'm, I'm at, I mean, I know he's a Mormon, but still, uh, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. kind of surprised. Yeah, so they all need, yeah, those those six uh, senators gone. They need to be, uh, you know, primary down. I'm trying to reach out to uh, Barbara Haney. She uh, actually was uh, a delegate for, for Gingrich in 2012 campaign, and she's from Alaska. So I was hoping I could reach mm-hmm. out with her and see if, you know, what they could try to get to uh, – you know, find someone who you know to, to primary her out, uh, and then, yeah, I would they, say they do Palin. Need be, they do need to be gone. I would say Palin. Okay. Well, yeah, that's a good yeah, that's a good idea. Why don't yeah? I don't know if Palin wants to get back into the into politics, but uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, like, at this point, you know, that that may be a good pick. Um, you Not know, if, uh, if they get Romney moved back to Utah, and the people in Utah do not like him. Yeah, um, I, did anyone even primary him when he when he was running? Did, does anyone else? I mean, I'll be honest, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. He just has, you know, remember his daddy was a governor, and he's given millions to the Mormon church. So, you know, they probably just said, I ah, will get you elected. Don't worry about that. Let's well, say, I mean, and, they, and they, making- they yeah, you make a great point there, David, and that, that's why I think we need to start now because, unfortunately, I think that the, uh, the RNC, are, you know, when it comes to primaries, you know, I know they're not supposed to pick anybody, you know, or, or, or assist anybody, but it does wonder how much uh, money, you know, that's going to somehow get funneled from, from those people to uh, the, these career politicians. Uh, is going to get funded to them. That's what I'm saying. We need to find these folks now. They need to start campaigning now because it's going to take a it's going to take a lot of money, and it's going to, it's going to take right. them a lot of time to get the money in order to contest these folks when it's time to primary them because it it, it will be it will be an uphill battle uh, for them, you know. And you know, you know, so that that one will I, be I, you know that one will be tough. I. I... You know, it's going to be some work, without a doubt, but I don't think it's going to be an uphill battle as much as you think so, because there are a lot of people who have buyer's remorse over electing Biden. And there was a report that was done by an an institute that showed, as far as the independent voters that had voted for um, Trump, and um, the liberal voters, the conservative voters, Republican voters, they they have a whole breakdown. I'll have to send it to you. And um, and it was because of his policies. And there were questions that were asked. Basically, um, they didn't like the man, his personality, but they he, they benefited from his policies. And so, I think if it's if these candidates, the new ones that we're going to be introducing, um, need to approach it from the angle of um, you know not so much supporting Trump, but supporting Trump as a tool for the country, because they're tired of hearing about. You know, this politician elect me and I'm going to make change and then nothing happens. So he's just the tool because he's the bully pulpit. He's the bully that, you know, smashes through the bull in the china shop that makes a difference. And people have seen that and that's why they voted for him, even though 
uh, the election was stolen. And so I think, you know, if we if it's approached through that way, then those that are still on the fence as far as they really don't care for him, which shouldn't matter, but there are those um, can actually we can actually pull him over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from that from that aspect as far as he's he's the tool that we're going to use all of these people are tools that we're using to get the country back and we're not voting for so much the person themselves but basically this is the agenda and if you like it come aboard <laughs> so anyway that's me back to you robert <laughs> Then here's one of the things I want, you know, definitely want to discuss. Because, again, I mean, what we're talking here on social media to our uh, people we know personally who are, are liberals, one of the things they always like to uh, bring up is, oh, well, well, Trump lost everywhere, you know, all the you know, all the court hearings and everywhere he went. So and we know it's BS because if, if, any, if there had been any truth to the election fraud, then, you know, that would, he would have won more cases. Well, I did find this uh, this article, again, it's on the uh, the website. Uh, so you can check it out at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, it's actually for Wayne Dupree. So he, um, he's been finding his, uh, himself popping up uh, a lot of Bards Logic lately. <laughs> in our newsroom uh, here. And you know, what's his, what he states here, it says, uh, there's something very curious uh, happening with Trump's election lawsuits. You won't hear media reporting on this. And this is actually by Sophie O'Hara. Uh, but it's from the, the Wayne Dupree here. But you can find the article on the, the website, the Bars Logic Newsroom. It says, if you ask any liberal on Trump's election lawsuit, they'll surely make a blanket statement like he's lost every single one of them. We've, and I'm telling you, folks, we've all heard them, I'm sure. sure. Every liberal, whether on social media or liberals we personally know, they all say he's lost every single one of them. And it says, although that's very uh, – you know, it says, although that's very far from the truth, it says, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, what no one is talking about is just how many lawsuits there are and the fact that Trump is still fighting and still winning. It says from LifeSide, it says, first, uh, of the 80 total lawsuits, 30 have either been withdrawn, consolidated with other suits, or dismissed due to legal technicalities such as lack of standing, timing, or jurisdiction, which – I get that, and that I hate to say it, but that just made the, the, these people look like idiots. I mean, how can you be getting as ma- paid as much money as you do? It's supposed to be like the top of your field, and and, and screw things up so you, it, it, you know for standing, timing, or jurisdiction. I, I'll never get that one. That that makes me suspect, to be honest. Um, it says those ju- but back to the article says those judges who dismissed suits, and we said this a lot on the show. You know, never heard the actual evidence of election irregularities or fraud since they did not allow it to present it in the courtrooms. Such cases cannot be counted as a loss for Trump, and we've said that here. If anything, they are evidence of a failure of our judicial system to, at the moment of a national crisis, actually address election fraud. A fraud. Of the 46 remaining lawsuits, 25 cases are still ongoing. So that the winner and loser of these cases is yet to be determined, while 21 have been completely adjudicated. These are cases where the court heard arguments, considered any relevant evidence, and then issued a formal ruling on the merits. You may be surprised to learn that out of these 21 cases, Trump won 14 of them and lost seven. In other words, Trump has won two-thirds of the cases to date that have been adjudicated by the courts. 
but don't expect us to hear this on the evening news. Um, it says, John Droves notes separately that despite the widespread allegations of massive voter fraud, only three of these lawsuits material dealt with voter illegalities, citizens voting twice, votes from deceased persons. Uh, interestingly, all three of these cases are still open. So the cases that are open are ones that have citizen voting twice, votes from deceased persons. Um, it says further, just three lawsuits address voting machine inaccuracies, which we know would happen, purposeful or incident, accidental. One of these was dismissed due to jurisdiction. There we go again. One was ruled against, although no discovery was granted. See, none of the evidence comes out, and yet these, the, the liberals just don't believe it. And one is still over discovery was granted. So, you know, take this article. I know it's short. It doesn't say a lot. But what it does show people when you have those conversations uh, was, oh, well, you know, all the lawsuits he lost. Well, no, because there's still some that are out there. And a lot of people, I mean, even the conservative media really isn't talking about it anymore. They've moved on. And I think one of the responsibilities that we have uh, is to, again, go to that article, share that article, folks, as long as, <laughs> hint, hint, nudge, nudge, uh, the, the link for tonight's show. <laughs> oh, man, I hate doing that, to be honest. You guys just don't know how much I hate being like, oh, yeah, share the, the, the website, share, you know. Uh, the link to tonight's show. The, I, I really do. I hate to ask people to do stuff. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, but anyway, it is it is upon us uh, to you know, keep that alive. You know, because, again, even the you know, news magazine talk, talking about it, which you know, I've, I've lost a little faith in them. I mean, but even OAN, again, we're all working folks here, right? We don't, you know, and you know, we're all busy, but – you know, but we, we do need to keep – I mean, maybe O.N., you know, or, or the others have talked about it, but I don't hear about it very often. Actually, I don't hear about it at all. Maybe they're talking about it when I'm not watching the news because, you know, I'm, I'm una- unable to watch it all the time. But it, but it's going to be incumbent upon ourselves to, to keep that alive, keep uh, up with those cases, and, you know, report it uh, to people. Report it to us on the show, and then again, of course, <clears throat> you know, share the link. <laughs> Oh man, I just can't help myself. I just, it's, I don't like doing that. But anyway, let me get off my soapbox again. I do see another caller propped in. That's Kelly. Uh, thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Well, I'm kind of amazed that uh, there is still that possibility where Trump could be impeached and removed from Marlago. Um, <laughs> Well, they're, they're, look, look, social media is rife with people, with people like, oh, look at this, look at criminal charges, they're going to put him in, whatever. Just, you know, here's the thing, if you, if, if our courts don't, here's the thing that will piss me off, and you know what, maybe we need an insurrection. I'm saying that a kind of tongue-in-cheek, because I tell you what, if Hillary Clinton can get away with this, the stuff that she got away with, and if Trump could get, actually get, you know, arrested and incarcerated for something, let me tell you something, then we, ugh. What well, gonna here's, here's I know you're frustrated with that. So Klein Smith is another. Um, he got a slap on the wrist for lying for the FISA warrant. Took an email what? and he fudged it, you know. And what did he get? Probation. Well, maybe, just maybe. Okay, now this might sound a little odd, but it's a very real possibility. Maybe Klein Smith was telling 
the Justice Department, who higher up than him that was directing the whole show, and we could see serious charges against the higher ups that were directing. Yeah, we've been hoping for that stuff, hoping for Dirk Witch. We found well, out ours, but, I know, you know, I know, I know. It, <laughs> I know. It takes time. Well, here's here's a mind blowing thing I thought of the other day. Now, I could be, or maybe not, but there is a possibility that Hillary Clinton. Um, and there are hints that Obama did uh, a, bri- a, um, a blackmail maneuver on Hillary. So the higher up with Hillary's situation, why she was, hasn't gone to jail, it could be Obama and other people, George Soros, etc. And Hillary would basically narc for a lesser sentence or whatever, okay? Yes, I want to see Hillary go to jail. But basically, there is that possibility of the reason why she didn't go to jail is because she's been spilling the beans. She's been singing like a canary. Um, but let's jump over to California, okay? Governor Newsom, I mean Newsom, <clears throat> yes, our beloved governor, Governor Gavin Newsom, ah, I did it again, sorry, Newsom is getting recalled. It looks like they're going to have the votes. And at this stage, on a recall, um, it, it grows like a, a snowballing effect. It's bigger and bigger and, and more signatures are gathered. And so then what? Well, uh, I believe what will happen is at the same time you're voting to recall him, you're voting for a replacement. I actually talked to a lady. Her name's Cheryl Blychester, and she's going to be running again. She actually ran when uh, Gray Davis, or we called him Gray Out Davis with the rolling blackouts, Grout Davis uh, was removed, and that's when we got the governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And she ran then, I think this is 2000, I want to say 2004. Anyway, uh, 2003, somewhere in there. And so she ran back then, and and she's going to run again. And she's running to make points, not necessarily going to win. She doesn't count on winning, but she wants to have a platform to throw out some ideas, and she went over them with me, and of course now you're going to say, can you get her on the show? I've already invited her. So anyway, um, yeah, it's uh, she's definitely uh, uh, constitution-minded, uh, constitutional-minded, and uh, solution-oriented. And uh, so I think that would be a kick to get her on the show. Um, I do like Joseph's idea of, you know, if we can impeach this person, well, then we can impeach the mayor, or this person, that person. What about Portland? What about L.A.? What about all these riots of the mayor still in office? Um, yeah, it's, uh, some really good points, but well, at least we do have one person that's governor Newsom getting, uh, a recall and that may not, well, that can end his political career simply because, well, <laughs> he's done. You, you, you lock down a whole state, you cause people, my gosh, domestic violence is up. Um, suicide is up. Alcoholism is up and we're not being productive here as we should be in California. So uh, that that could be – I mean, if they remove Gray Davis because of the rolling blackouts, because of why all the environmental laws, it took forever to build power plants, well, that's a smaller issue than what Gavin Newsom has done to the state. So his royal edicts of lock down, stay in your house, uh, essential businesses or not, uh, I'm, I'm – uh, Looking across down the street here, and I see a business that shut down permanently. Uh, there was a haircut place 
um, you know, nice lady, really competitive in her price. Good job. Guess what? She uh, shut down her business. I believe she moved to Idaho. I mean, people had to do what they had to do to survive, and if that's moved to another state, then so be it. That's what they're doing. So, of course, the Texans would be like, yeah, welcome to, Cal- uh, welcome to Texas, California. Just don't bring your crap into our state and don't mess with Texas. So it's been a, a terrible travesty when we have like a 0.001% chance of dying. Come on, people. So anyway, that's my from California rip on our governor who's hopefully, if we have an honest election, about the recall – that's true, and I mean that House bill, you know, House Bill One or something of that nature. HR One, well, yeah. HR One that needs to get shot down quick. That needs to that needs to go because that they are. I tell you what, and I've said this many times in the show, and eventually you're going to hear this. I I really do believe this. You know, the the eventually you're going to hear this in the big the bigger media is the Democrat Party are are, are working their way. To becoming the CCP of the United States, they really are. They are. They are wanting to be the communist. The China, they want to be like the Chinese Communist Party, where it's one party rule, you know, at least nationally, uh, where they have a media that is their propaganda arm, a media that protects them. I mean, look what happened to Joe Biden. I mean, Hunter Biden, you know, one that only pushes their narrative. I mean, look at the whole Russia hoax, this whole impeachment debacles. Uh, they are I mean, the the Democrat Party today has never made us closer to being like the the, the, the Chinese Communist Party or the Nazi Party for that matter. I mean, the, seriously, we've never been closer in our country to be closer to the, to a, uh, a you know a one party communist rule because that's where that's where they want to head us. You know, I mean, they're talking about you know wanting to join the the new economic reset. And I think we all know what that's going to be, you know. So, yeah, that that's one another thing that's going to be dangerous. And yeah, I mean, you make a good point, Kelly. That I mean, if we can get fair elections, I mean, we definitely got to make sure. Now, again, I, I think it'd be kind of, you know, tough to get the you know the the rig these primary elections. At least I hope not. I mean, I mean, who knows? Maybe it would be easier to to, to steal a smaller election. I don't know. Uh, Kelly, you would you would that's that's a good question, Kelly. In your in, in your experience, and then I will talk about this for ten minutes until we get the next uh, topic. It's it's relevant to the first one, uh, but I mean, in, in your experience, would, would do you think it would be easier to uh, rig a, like a primary or a local election or the federal election like we've seen here in twenty twenty? Well, in California, you got to go state by state based on if they're a closed primary or not. And if you're a closed primary, it's very easy to rig because what you do um, – see, there's been – in the past, there has been deadlines. We saw this in 2016. That's why Bernie Sanders didn't win is because what they were doing is they were flipping people from uh, – the, particularly the youth who were Democrats. They flipped into a Republican or independent or no party preference. So when they show up at the polls in California, they get a ballot. Guess what? Their vote doesn't count. Um, well, actually, not California because California was an open primary. The Republicans were closed. But in other states, Massachusetts, Illinois, Arizona, um, Election Justice USA um, discovered this, did an online survey, and people were being flipped 
They were even throwing off the voter rolls. I'm here to vote for Bernie. You're not even registered. What? So it's easier to rig a primary because that's a whole different set of software, the voter registration system. And then you can still use the uh, uh, vote counting machines to favor your candidate. Mike Lindell did a, a really knock-up, incredible job of the presentation for two hours about the um, – he had all these – a number of experts. It was mind-blowing and stunning, and he even had a clip where in a Dominion promo marketing meeting, the Dominion guy explained how you can uh, hook up the modem. The Dominion reps telling, yeah, I don't have the modem. Oh, no, we don't have any modems. Yes, you do. Just knock it off. Stop lying. The CEO who was being interrogated by the Michigan legislature. Um, so you can rig them both. But with the primary, you get the added bonus of throwing people uh, into another party. We saw that too. We watched the vote, the survey we did in the weekly conference call. People were um, voted at the precinct all their life. And they show up, oh, you vote by mail. Definitely not. Well, just bring us your uh, vote-by-mail ballot, and we'll let you vote today. Ma'am, I never got a ballot in the mail, but it says here your vote-by-mail. No, I'm not. One guy said he, he he started raising his voice, and they almost called the cops on him uh, because somebody had electronically flipped him from vote at the precinct to vote-by-mail. Or if you're vote-by-mail, um, you show up. Well, Suzette's husband had that problem where – he was switched to NPP when he'd been a Republican, like for 16 years or 20 years, whatever. And that was a big boondog. That was December uh, 90, uh, 2019. This Sacramento Bee noted well over 600 people had their voter, uh, the party affiliation flipped electronically, and they all blamed the DMV. Well, these people are getting paid millions, and they can't get this right on the DMV when you renew your your driver's license or your car registration. So, yeah, it's easier to rig a primary election than it is a general because you have both features. Um, so, yeah, that's just kind of – and why aren't we fixing this? So Mike Lindell, you got to find him on BitChute, B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E, because it was obviously taken off of YouTube, obviously deplatformed on Facebook and Twitter. And there was another website that I was sent to. Oh, I can't find it there. So you go to BitChute, B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E. It's two hours. Stunning, uh, compelling. I couldn't. It was kind of late at night, so I decided to get in my truck and just drive around so I could listen to the whole. It was. I couldn't. I couldn't put it down what I was listening to and all the experts he had. So, Mike Lindell about the election. The picture you'll see when you see the icon is like the Matrix. You know that the screen on the Matrix, all his characters falling down, with like a green screen with white letters, but it has a red screen with white letters. And it's two hours long, and the experts, I just, I'm stunned. And they were, one lady had claimed that they had already set this software up, like in 20, was it 2015 or 16, 17, somewhere in there. They had set the software up to track where this was coming from, and two thirds of the hacks were coming from China. Two thirds, other nations too. Um, and they have this picture. It looks like America. Really, a picture of the world, okay? And then you got America right in the center. But they have um, wires connecting or lines, lines connecting from what country to what part of America the hacks were occurring. And it looked like uh, 
a giant uh, missile launch upon the United States as a physical form of attack, but this is an electronic form of attack or a hack. Pretty mind-blowing, pretty concerning. Um, General McEnany was another... I mean, you have to high-power people that know this is going on. So you, I would encourage people to watch this and share with their friends. So um, back to you, Robert. Yes, it, it is definitely uh, definitely concerning on that um, to hear that. I, that's not good news. Uh, now, one thing I want to a uh, little uh, report here uh, that I just saw on Twitter is that, you know, remember last week that uh, – you know, I'll talk about doing things that, you know, they're little, but they're hard. Like, I got the, the show I really liked on Amazon Prime and a, a lot of shows. Uh, when I was younger that I wanted to watch on Amazon Prime, I'm um, like, oh, cool, I can, I can you know, I'll watch them again. You know, if I, you know, and, you know, by being a part of Amazon Prime, right, or a new show that I liked, I'm waiting for it to come back out. Um, but, you know, after what Amazon Prime did to – uh, to part order, you know, I'm like, you know what? No, I canceled my Amazon Prime. Not even going to order anything from Amazon, which is tough because I mean, there's some things that you know. Let's say there's a movie like Conan the Barbarian. You can't find it in stores anywhere. You could probably find it on Amazon or even Etsy, but Etsy's just as bad. Uh, so it's hard. I mean, you, you can't get those things. Uh, it's something small like, oh, well, they just canceled that. Well, yeah, no, there's a lot of things you know I, I would like to have been able to do that I can't now. But out of principle. I, I, just, I canceled it. Well, if you have Disney Plus, through my understanding, is Disney Plus just fired uh, someone from their one of their shows, The Mandolin, Mandolin or something like that? It's called, or I, I can't remember what the name is. I don't even I don't watch it, but I just seen it. Um, but they basically fired this conservative off of their show. So it's like, look, you know, they call for boycotts and stuff all the time, and I think you know, big tech, big business like you know Disney and things of that nature, they're not going to know until they realize through their pocketbooks that half of America doesn't agree with what they're doing. So if you get tons of people to, you know, leave, again, leave you know, Amazon Prime, leave Disney Plus, you know, those places like that, they'd be like, oh, crap, we just lost half of our population, <laughs> you know, half of the people, at least in America, who, who use this. Um, now, of course, with then Kowtow in the China, who knows how much of an effect that will be. So, you know, you might be like, you know, what, what they call that uh, cutting off your nose to spite your face. Um, but I guess, you know, I guess you're still feeling living out of principle. Now, the next thing, well, we're not quite at the top of the hour, so we're not at, like, closing comments for um, for this topic, but I just want to bring it up to you, Joseph, and then uh, you, Susan, and David, if you guys have any, uh, any other comments based off of what Kelly has said or, you know, in our, or our first topic uh, for, for the show. Uh, go ahead, Joseph. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more with uh, Kelly uh, on every um, every uh, point and aspect that he made. And uh, once again, thank you, Kelly, for uh, uh, paying attention to uh, or acknowledging what I was saying at the beginning of the show. Uh, hold on one second, please. Uh, yes. So, um, I mean, the uh, political hypocrisy is, is uh, thickening. And, um, you know, uh, I completely agree with you, Robert. Um, oh, we real, have real to quick, start Real now. quick, Joseph, I want to make a correction here. Real quick, I'm sorry. It's, um, 
Gina Carano from The Mandalorian is the name of uh, of the show, The Mandalorian, and the actress is uh, Gina Carano. Uh, so that's the one that they fired. Uh, uh, Disney, go ahead. I want to make sure I got I made that correction. Go ahead, Jason. Thank you. Oh, oh no worries at all. Uh, you're absolutely correct. We have to start now. Uh, tomorrow is too late to start. Uh, and uh, if these, uh, a lot of these candidates that are going to come out and, and form their committees and uh, build the foundation uh, for their campaigns, we're going to uh, make sure we, uh, we hold these rhinos accountable. We, we definitely need to start soon. Uh, not soon, um, now. Now is the moment. Now is the time. Uh, waiting a day too late is just a day too late. But I also agree with Suzette as well. Uh, when she said it was not going to be such an uphill battle. Uh, in a sense, you know, running a campaign is always an uphill battle. But this, this, this election season around, I, I agree with Suzette, I don't think it's going to be so much as a uphill battle as we, we think it may be. Uh, it's going to be a lot of hard work, uh, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be a uphill battle because you have over 75 million Americans. You have the most divided country since the Civil War, uh, and you have a lot of angry, angry American patriots that want to make sure that these rhinos who have betrayed our country and who betrayed their constituents are held accountable. And uh, I'm going to quote a line that uh, Vincent McMahon, uh, the chairman of uh, World Wrestling Entertainment, uh, used to say, uh, when it comes time to these rhinos being primaried, their constituents of the American people are going to say two words. You're fired. And I'll defer back to you. Yeah, and then, I love it. So, yeah, well, go ahead. Go ahead, Suzette. Uh, I was just going to say I love it that, <laughs> that you quoted that. That was perfect. Um, um, uh, referring to Kelly, I would just say, hi, Kelly. <laughs> and also um, that um, for the very reason that you had mentioned as far as the higher-ups knowing about the election uh, fraud and, and the things that had taken place that shouldn't have never taken place and the legalities and so forth, um, for that very reason, I don't believe that anybody's going to go to jail until we get those agencies cleaned out because it's those agencies that are corrupt that are allowing all of this to happen because if they were doing their job, many of these people that are causing all of this um, chaos wouldn't be causing chaos. They would be behind bars um, or definitely at least out of office, um, facing prosecution, being charged for, for their crimes uh, against the country. So, I mean, I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but the, the entire picture is that we have a lot of bureaucracy that is so seated with corruption that even to have elected new elected officials in their in office, um, unless they're willing to actually do something about those agencies and, and their corruption, because they are the oversight of those agencies. I don't even know why they call themselves that now, because they don't do any oversight. People are still there. Corruption <laughs> is still taking place. <laughs> so that's, um, that's, a, that's a big one for me <laughs> right there. Because new people, that's great. But if the new people aren't willing to use their powers or push, and the people, us, pushing our people to, you know, call call in, call in, hammer 
every other day, every day if you can, um, you know, to, to get these people out, to do their job, oversight. Do it now and do it after and forever because if they don't hear from us, then it's just business as usual. They're so busy with other stuff that that stuff gets put on the back burner, and now here we are. <laughs> so, and hello, David. Uh, good evening. And, uh, yeah, so. Good evening. Uh, back to you. <laughs> back to you, Robert. Well, one of the things we also want to focus, I mean, there's a lot to do. There certainly is. Um, and that's besides putting uh, food on the table and feeding and taking care of our family. Uh, and, and that's, you know, uh, and that's the thing I've said it many times, so I don't want to beat a dead horse. But that, that's kind of like what conservatives do. You know, that's that's always been our kind of focus, you know, not trying to gain power so that we can control people, uh, which unfortunately what Democrats do. Um, that's what you probably will find. You know, I don't know if anyone has ever done a survey, but it would be interesting, uh, an interesting survey to find out, you know, on average, who has more children. Republicans or, or, you know, not Republicans, liberals and conservatives, who has more children. You know, again, not, you know, not to paint a broad brush, but, I mean, at least statistically, you know, which ones have uh, have larger families. So that would be an interesting study, I think. Uh, but anyway, another thing to, uh, to look at is there are, um, you know, some Democrats, and, again, this, it's, it's a little different what we're talking about, but it's uh, – uh, it's the same. There are Democrats that are considered to be weak, uh, you know, or at least you know, vulnerable uh, to being voted out in 2022. Uh, and there, there's a good number of them. Now, some states I think will be more likely than others uh, to get them voted out. You know, perhaps Arizona. I think if you know, once they they get more people to actually see the the evidence of the you know, the fraud that was there. And I think once Arizona starts really starting to feel the effects of, you know, Biden's open uh, open uh, border policy, I think they're really going to be like, whoa, what the hell is going on? So I think uh, Tom uh, Holleran and Ann Kirkpatrick, uh, I think that those two could be vulnerable. I mean, among the ones who are, as they say, are vulnerable, these are the ones I think will be the most. And if, if you know anyone, uh, again, in these states, you know, if you whether you listen live or listen to the archive, uh, try to find folks. You know, start supporting the Republicans now. Start sending them money. Um, you know, I wish we could get back on our third party gig, but unfortunately, this ain't the time for it. But anyway, so yeah, get to get to the people. You know, if you have the primary, you know, the Republicans get someone who's actually going to be for the citizens. As I said, we need politicians who are of and for the people, not of and for the politicians. And so those two in Arizona, I think, a possibility. Of course, you have Stephanie Murphy and Charlie Crist. Again, I think with uh, the way his border, uh, you know, his border uh, agenda is going to be, and, it's a, and it is an agenda, is going to be, I think, really people from uh, Florida. Who knows? Maybe a crossover into Georgia if you could show that the Senate, because I do, I think the Senate, I think the Senate election there was rigged as well. Because you've seen the same damn thing happen in the Georgia Senate election that you did during the Trump campaign. As we said it many times here on the show, is them getting away with what they did just totally emboldened, just totally emboldened them to be able to get away oh, with yeah. it, I think, for the Senate, the Senate race. It's like clockwork. 
you know, we knew as far as the election night had gone on, as far as the uh, the two Republican candidates being ahead, looked like they were going to win. Then all of a sudden, boxes of mail-in ballots showed up. Oh, now they lost. Oh, darn. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Thing. But um, also, what's more, what's I think is most most important is when you're supporting your candidates, make sure that when you donate your money, that it goes to the candidate because you can donate directly to the candidate rather than the RNC. You donate to the RNC, it gets put in a big pot, and they distribute it. And usually they'll try and squeeze out the nobodies so that the establishment can be propped up. And so it's very important um, that if you have a candidate, you know candidates in different states, because you don't have to just donate to your candidate in your state. You can donate to other states, too, um, that it's to the candidates themselves. That's so important. That's key if we're we're actually going to, um, you know, promote the candidate with commercials, with whatever, door-to-door with um, people, gathering people to, to work. So, anyway, that's, I just wanted to mention that real quick, too. But yes, donate, donate, support, but support the candidates, not the RNC. Oh, yeah, certainly. That's a great um, – yeah, that, 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 that is a great point. You know, one of the things I'm planning on doing, you know, when these – you know, when and if we get, you know, some of these folks on the show, and I definitely want to get them on, I mean, we, we can put, you know, donate – I can put, you know – links on the website on the gift page, the Bard's Logic gift page, and I can, you know, put the links to their, you know, to the, the donate from them or donate to them in those boxes. And, you know, when they come on the show, you know, then we could do that. I, I'm not going to just arbitrarily uh, put them on there. I, I, I mean, th- if they're on the show, we'll, we'll, we'll put them on the website to get uh, donations because I, I certainly want to get not that they don't mind anybody putting a link on their website. To, they're not going to. They're probably not going to say, "Hey, don't do that." But who knows? They might. So I'm not going to do. Uh, I'm not going to do that without any of the, the politicians' permission. But you know, if they if they say, "Yeah, go ahead," we'll put it here on the on the gift page on on uh, Bard's Logic. And and so, and then after I get to this list, we'll go to you, you, you David, and Kelly, and get your thoughts. And I mean, Iowa. There you go, Kelly. That 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 was. You know, you're a Iowa hog farmers is your background, your family. So maybe you guys still have some people, you know, <laughs> who can get some things going on in uh, in Iowa. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm already working on, you know, somebody from Ohio, but Democrat wise, uh, Tim Ryan in Ohio. I think you know, there's a shot. I mean, Ohio did again go for Trump, uh, so th- there's a possibility there. Um, of course, there's Texas. I mean, look at all these Texas. There's one, two, three, four, five Texas Democrats. And one of the things I think could happen is that, again, with a lot of your border states, is in Texas you have Fletcher, Gonzalez, Coelar, Alred, and Vela, and Luria. And, I mean, I mean I'm telling you, with these open border policies, I mean, and especially if here's the thing, and and, and people, I, I I want to start posting this again, the COVID deaths, right, under the Obama administration. But I tell you what, with this open if this open door policy, open border policy, and you know if we start seeing Texas, uh, you know what they're here's what they're going to try to do. You know, one, they're trying to get all these illegal immigrants, as we know, and other places have reported, because they want to try to build a constituency, bring all these illegals in make them citizens so that they can vote because they want to turn Texas blue. And another, but another thing, was, and I think part of the strategy is, yeah, let's go ahead and bring all these illegal immigrants in through Texas, get a lot of people sick with COVID, and then blame the governor of Texas. <laughs> oh, well, it's, it's his fault. 
look at the COVID that's going on in Texas. That has to be the governor's fault. And in most cases, I would agree with that. But I think that, you know, when you're, at a, when you're on a border state and you have all this influx of illegal immigrants, are they, here's the thing. Are, are they testing all these illegal immigrants, all these illegal immigrants coming up for COVID? They certainly want to give everyone a quick test if they want to put them on a plane. That's what, you know, a buddy judge wants to do, right? I, I know I, I know I'm mispronouncing it on purpose, uh, but a judge. And, you know, they, they want to make sure you know, have, you know, oh, well, maybe you should get tested and have, uh, you know, a COVID passport to, to travel, uh, you know, domestically, you know, or, or you could, you, or get a quick COVID test, which I wonder how much we're going to charge people to do that. Uh, they may do mm-hmm. it for free, but, you know, who knows? But, yeah, so it's okay for you to tra- – you can't travel throughout the United States without giving a to- COVID test, but, boy, you can run through the border without one. Yep. Well, the governor of Texas does already have a lawsuit against uh, Biden, Biden administration, for that uh, open border policy. So that, that works in, in the favor of elections as well because uh, it's a Republican governor. So um, he's working for you. We're working for you. Come come join us. Have fun. And um, – Let's live in a constitutional republic. Yeah, and so I mean, some of these other states. I mean, I, I didn't mention all of them because you know you're like California. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, some of these names might sound familiar, Kelly. So you can well, um, Kelly, and then you tell me this, and I'm gonna get to David. Is that uh, did any of these names sound familiar? And what do you think the possibility of of them getting uh, voted out? There's uh. Uh, Garamendi, Harder, Porter, Levin. Uh, so those four Democrat, uh, sen- uh, not senators, House, House representatives. Uh, so how do you, uh, any of those familiar? Do you think what's the chance of any of them being uh, voted out uh, in 2022? Well, um, there was one county in Texas that went blue. It's never been blue. And by the way, a lot of black folk in the 1800s started the Republican Party of Texas. So I just don't think that racist thing sticks in Texas very well. But one county that went blue, um, the uh, election official used to work for Dominion. Oh, gee, what's that tell you? Hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a coincidence, you know, first time ever in a hundred and some years go blue. Like, come on. Um, it all goes back to an honest election. Um, there's a, I mean, Biden and company are showing themselves to be such um, radical, unbelievable. It's mind-blowing. And this deportation, Biden wanted to stop the deportation. Texas sued, federal judge, twice stayed Biden's executive order. So they are still deporting in Texas. There was a group of, uh, I believe it was 11 Iranians that were caught crossing the border. Um, So I don't understand how the American people, the people from Texas, are going to tolerate the Dems when they see within the first two weeks, all these radical executive orders. Keystone Pipeline has been shut down. Um, I, I don't, I just, politically, if we have an honest election, how in the world 
are these Dems that were in, uh, become new in Texas, how can they stay in office? I highly doubt it. So what about those in California that I mentioned? California, we're toast. We've fallen off the edge of the earth. Forget it. Unless something amazing occurs, like a federal um, investigation and grand jury indictments, forget it. And all the conservatives are not all, but a number of conservatives are moving out of California. I mean, we got Kevin McCarthy and Doug LaMalfa, and I think there's only one or two more Republican congressmen. Uh, McCarthy is in the uh, foothills, which is east of Sacramento. That's a stronghold, and there was quite a number of Tea Parties. Met somebody went went to the one in Amador County, or was it Calaveras County? You got Calaveras uh, County, Amador County, El Dorado County. Um, a number San of Diego. Uh, well, San Diego, yeah, San Diego has been a Republican stronghold for quite a while. Um, but they reelected um, the same person. I can't think of his name. <laughs> right, but when but the votes are so so massive for McCarthy, Doug LaMalfa, and say in San Diego, they can't really successfully cheat. But in other close races, I'm surprised Maxine Waters won again. It's a really sharp black guy. I really like him. I can't remember his name, but he was running against Maxine Waters. His videos were, here's the neighborhood. I live here. Maxine does not. And I don't know how, oh, wait, election fraud is a very real possibility. So because our election system and the voter registration system and the vote counting system is such a disastrous mess, let me give you an example. California is, is pretty much, unless massive arrests change, unless the counties change their system, which I'm working on here in Siskiyou County, but there was a candidate, I can't remember the guy's name, um, but in El Dorado County, he ran for county supervisor, and first count, he lost by 2,000 votes. He demanded a recount and then another recount because the first recount, oh, this is running through the machines again. What? Well, gee, what do you know? You get the same numbers. But finally, the hand recount done in El Dorado County, he won by 230 votes. That means electronically flipped um, 2,000 230 votes so they'd get a Democrat as the county supervisor. I don't know this, Cheryl Blychester, talked to her yesterday, and she has uh, been appointed as a planning commissioner under this county supervisor. Each supervisor gets one planning uh, commissioner appointment, and Cheryl is that planning commissioner. And so she told me because she was working heavily to help him get elected. So there was a 22,230-vote flip in El Dorado County for a supervisor, and they got on it and they found it. But that's just another example how far gone, <laughs> sorry, how far gone California is. Sorry, I'm allergic to California right now. That's why I'm sneezing. Okay. Um, <laughs> but but when you have when you have a system that works, and you get more people doing it, you know, practice makes perfect. They're getting away with it. And how are they getting away with it? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. More people are going to do it. I mean, yes, the Republicans have done it in the past too, but it appears the Democrats are in overdrive doing this. Um, so how is this going to be combated? Because once you get 
like North Carolina, for example, David Getz, he was on the show. He said we have a Republican House, State House legislature, and Republican Senate in the State House legislature. But the three, the four positions most important for accountability are the governor, Democrat, the attorney general, Democrat, the secretary of state, Democrat, and the auditor is a Democrat. So when you have these people, the state auditor, when you have Democrats getting into those positions, that means they can then cheat without accountability except um, the Republicans in North, of North Carolina are working on legislation as well as lawsuits to correct this. It's so frustrating. I, I just, I personally think California is just gone. We need some incredible miracle or federal government, something to hold these people accountable, or California will continue to be a blue state. And let's go ahead and bring in uh, and David. Go ahead, David, if you want to you know, remark on any of, of that. Yeah, uh, just follow up with um, what Kelly said about California. It doesn't. I mean, California flipped five seats. That says something. That people were saying, "F you, we want to vote for Trump." So, yeah, Dominion had their the, the, the system's rigged over there. But one thing I do want to bring up: what's funny about California, and one of those seats is a lady named Young Kim, and um, Young Kim sided with the Democrats to vote to impeach Donald. Trump. Isn't that funny that in 2018, where she was winning, she did win. She even went to Washington, D.C. for, I guess, uh, orientation for for new members of Congress. And then all of a sudden, these hard, these ballots came in, and her opponent, I forgot the, the, the guy's name, he ends up winning. But in 2020, they did it right, and she ends up winning the seat, but she gives a nice little F you. To her constituents and everybody else by voting to impeach uh, Donald Trump, so um, she's out in 2022, and she was she was touting I'm an immigrant for the family of immigrants and I'll fight for you and I support President Trump. No, you don't, little liar. But no, it's and what Suzette said earlier earlier, it's accountability. I mean, it's almost hopeless, but not really because case an example like look at Pelosi. She said that people are going to pay five thousand dollars if they bypass the uh, metal detectors going into the rotunda. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. What did she do? She bypasses every single one of them. She's not even she's not even following her own rules. And you know you know she's not going to pay these fines. Just like you know that Schumer, they're not they're going to get away with the corruption. Maxine Waters, she's going to get away with her corruption unless we ch- unless we change everything else. So you know, it's like we're beating a dead horse. California, I do agree with Cali. It's it's pretty much finished. And same thing with Texas. You know about immig- uh, about immigration. Like case in point, Ronald Reagan won Dallas County by ninety eight percent in eighty and eighty four, and George Bush won in eighty eight. But uh, that's that's a blue county. So you know, immigration that's that's a big one. 
And I guess when you know the media is not talking about it, I guess all these executive fiats that Biden's doing to keep the uh, to the illegals in, no deportation. Mm-hmm. But I am glad that Governor Abbott, you know, he is he's exercising his authority and saying no, you will be deported. And federal judges are and the judges are siding with them. Yeah, she actually Kim also. Um, what I've got here is, is she actually voted to strip Green from her committee assignments. Oh yeah, she's finished. It, it's finished. The problem is, and these were put these with her is that they think they have to be compassionate conservatives. You know, we don't do stuff like that. No. We need to do stuff like that. And, you know, Marjorie, she is a force. Uh, she is out there says, I am a proud Trump-supporting Republican. I will fight for you. And they do. it does not scare me. And she throws it right back in their face. And, you know, it's so bad that SNL, they didn't even do a spoof on Biden and Harris after the inauguration, which they usually do ever since Richard Nixon when they first were uh, – when SNL came out in 74, I believe, you know. But they went after Taylor. They went after uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh-huh. They didn't go after Biden and them. Yeah, and it's funny because Jim Carrey said that Lauren Michaels told him that you know you, we don't need you for the Biden skits anymore. Same thing with Maya Rudolph. We don't need you for that. So they're showing wow. their bias on that. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it's ridiculous. She's refreshing Marjorie Greene, and and the fact that she did what she did as far as and you know past, present, whatever. We are entitled to think freely as well as speak freely, and we're not a part of the collective. When you become a part of collective, then that's when you start shutting down speech because a collective decides what's appropriate and what's not appropriate, and that is not a conservative viewpoint. conservative viewpoint is stay out of my business. Um, If I need you, I'll call you, basically, as far as if we need any laws that that, uh, should be implemented across the country um, for the betterment of the country. And other than that, I'm good. I'll follow the laws and, um, you know, do my thing, feed my family, take care of it, and we're good. <laughs> well, it used to be – well, it used to be a uh, an American thing. You know, hey, hey, you know, government, stay out of my business. Let me do my thing, especially the federal mm-hmm. government. The federal government's main, main job was to protect us against our, over, you know, our overseas adversaries. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that. But one thing though, when Republicans do take the House and Senate back in twenty twenty two, they need to strip Democrats of all committee assignments. They would need to. They need to. They need to see that we are not messing around anymore because it is going to be a landslide. It's going to be sweeping. Possibly, I would predict more than Obama did in twenty and uh, the 2014 election, how Republicans overwhelmingly took the House and the Senate. They will take it by a, a, nice, a nice majority, and they need to strip every Democrat from assignment and say, you want to play like that? Okay, you're being stripped. We don't want to hear you. I mm. think that was some nice message. I don't know nice if I agree with message. that. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> that's no. That's it, a tip it for chat, and, and if we take the majority, we won't need to. They'll they'll have little voice as it is, you know, and and we may even have some that will end up converting. <laughs> but the tip, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I like I like the idea, but I just don't. Yeah, I, in reality, it wouldn't be a good idea. Yeah. 
I think there are different interpretations here, but but I I I know we're all I know we all believe in the same causes. I know we're all batting on the same team. I know go. we're all standing on the right side of right right uh, side of history. However, you know, in our collective minds, we just have different you know thought processes and ways of looking at it. And so, um, at the end of the day, uh, I agree with you, Suzette. It will be sweet chin. Music. I don't know if anyone watches WWE here, but when Shawn Michaels used to be a wrestler, his um, finishing move was the switch in music kick. Mm-hmm. And so in 2022, it's going to be switch in music uh, when we take back the uh, the House and the Senate. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I hear where David's coming from. And like I said, the way I look at it in my perspective is we need to have a purge. Like the movie, except we're not going to be walking around with the mask and doing any of that. Um, yeah, no, that's another lifetime, Robert. Don't worry about that. You know, you yeah, don't have to worry about that. I've never seen, I've never seen a movie, so I don't know what you're referring to, to be honest. <laughs> oh, well, um, it's, it's a movie about this uh, government society in the future where there is no crime whatsoever. And the reason why they're able to achieve that goal uh, is because once a year, uh, you're allowed to, for 12 hours, you're allowed to basically commit any, any crime, murder, rape, uh, and they call it the purge because you're allowed to basically go and purge. And it's kind of ironic because this movie came out about one or two years before we got hit with the pandemic, and it was the purge, but it was uh, a movie because um, it made many of the movies, but it was one in which – they, they were allowed to target politicians. <laughs> and I could just imagine if that really was in real life. I could imagine Nancy running or trying to run, but she's 84. And she's like, I'm running, I'm running. But, you know, it, it's like the Life Alert commercials, and I'm not making any offense to any elderlies whatsoever, but it will be like, I'm, I fell, I fell, and I can't get up. Or I'm running, and I'm running, but I can't run anymore. You got all these people with the machetes running after you and trying to chase people like that who can um, barely run, if anything, because uh, she's almost ready to be a mummy. That's how old she is. Um, but, yeah, so, no, there, there, there is going to be a purge, whether people like it or not, because um, that's what the American people want to see. Uh, when the House impeachment managers today were talking about accountability, I said, wow, what a bunch of hypocrites. But you know what? Your day is going to come when the people vote you out of office, and they're going to show you the true meaning of accountability. And it's not going to be pretty. It's not designed to be pretty. But the message is going to be sent. You dare to threaten the freedoms of of our country. You dare to destroy this beautiful constitutional republic. You dare to seek the destruction of this country, well, there is, then a purge needs to happen. And what people still don't want to acknowledge is we're not obsessed with Trump. We admire Trump because he has put America first. It's just as simple as that. This Trump derangement syndrome has to stop. Enough. It's like enough already. Okay, we don't worship him like a god, and I'd be the first one to have called him out when he was wrong, 
Why do we love him? It's not that we have an obsession with him. It's not that we have a fixation on him. It's that he fought for America for four years, and uh, over 74 million Americans admire that, appreciate that. And that is the purge that is going to happen in 2022. These rhinos who are traitors, who are the true seditionists to our country, they are the true seditionists. If they want to throw out that we are the seditionists, no, they are the true seditionists. But the sad part is they hide behind closed doors like the cowards that they are. They are the true seditionists, and let the American people be the judge, jury, and executioner. And one more thing, if the gloves don't fit, you must acquit. I know. I've always wanted to say that. I never got to say that on your show, Robert. I had to say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to pull Jack on you. Real if quick, the gloves you don't fit, you, you want must to, acquit. Yeah, I have to. I know you want to chime in, but two points I want to make, um, and I'm hoping I don't forget the second one. Uh, but the first one is, is that movie The Purge? They took that idea from a Star Trek episode. Because there was a Star Trek episode where, you know, there's these real docile people, and then, you know, they just walked around, you know, you know, like almost like, I'm not going to say, not like zombies, but they walked around all peaceful and nice and everything. And then once every, you know, every great once in a while, there was something called the festival. And it, being called the, and it was pretty much the same thing where people got the, you know, riot and rape and do anything they wanted and whatever, to get it all out of their system. And then it was like an overnight thing. So, yeah, it's probably a 12-hour thing too. Because um, I think it started from like 6 o'clock at night till 6 o'clock in the morning or, or noon to midnight or, or something. And, um, and you know, where people went crazy and this and that, blah, blah, blah. So that was actually from uh, a Star Trek episode. I cannot remember uh, what the name of the episode is, unfortunately, but I, they did get that from Star Trek. And the second thing uh, I wanted to point out is the thing I forgot, <laughs> which had to do with politics. I can't believe I forgot what I was going to say. Um, yeah, it's something uh, that you were going to uh, – that you said, Joseph, uh, towards the end, and I, I can't remember what <laughs> that second point. I'm sorry. Oh, I was like, I didn't have a comment to make. I, I'm good. <laughs> no, go ahead. No, actually, I didn't have anything further to say. <laughs> I was just telling Joseph, good point, and, and he was right on point with what he said there. So that was it. <laughs> no, no, Joseph, yeah, well, what was the last part you made? And then uh, maybe it'll help spur my memory on, on what that second point I was going to make. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh. no, no, no problem. And thank you for saying that, Suzette. I, I think the last point I was just trying to make is, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, the American people will hold these elected leaders accountable and uh, they will have their day in court and uh, it will be kind of like a purge in the sense that they will be purged politically and uh, their day of reckoning is, is soon to come. And like I said, you know, I can go to bed and sleep like a baby with a clear conscience and knowing that I am on the right side of history. And one day, I hope I get to live long enough to see it in my lifetime. We'll have historians painting all these traitors. Not only just betrayed our president, but most importantly, betrayed our country. They will equate them to the Nazis. They will equate them to the former imperial empire of Japan. They will equate them 
to uh, Bolsheviks. They will equate them as people who thought they were standing on the right side of history, but history deemed that they were on the wrong side. And uh, I hope I get to see that day. I hope I get to live long enough to see historians write that. But I'm confident that I am standing on the right side of history, and I'm confident that everyone else on this show are standing on the right side of history. And that's very important for me, because one day I want to be remembered as someone who stood up for what was right, not stood up for what was politically expedient, who stood up for what was right and not stood up for what was popular consensus. And I want to be remembered as someone who stood up and acted for love of country, above party, and above anyone else. And as much as I love Donald Trump, my country comes first and foremost before anyone else, including Donald J. Trump. And I'll defer back to you. Well, and I think that's where when I was alluding to uh, in my opening statement uh, for uh, tonight's episode is that, you know, that that is, I think, one of the victories that I think um, we'll continue to see uh, with, with, with the Trump administration and is, is that people – I think more people will be uh, or are and will be opening them, their minds. I mean, they've always known that the corruption of Washington, D.C., and our government existed. I mean, again, we, we've always, you know, I talked about a lot how, you know, Mr. Smith goes to Hollywood was made in the 40s and they were talking about the corruption of Washington. Okay. And, um, oh, I just had um, so, some news for all those who, uh, uh, who are long-term listeners uh, and participants of the show. I just received a, uh, an, a message from Barbara Haney. Now, a little background for those who don't know who she is. Uh, she was a, Trump, a, a, a Gingrich delegate, a delegate for Newt Gingrich uh, in 2012, and, you know, for, for the convention. And we've had her on the show. She's from Alaska, and, you know, we've had her on the show many times in the early years, uh, you know, giving us reports from Alaska, giving us reports from uh, the convention, because I believe she, you know, cause she was there, things of that nature. I just got a message. And, um, that uh, her husband recently passed away, and so you know, put on, for for prayerful folks on the show, uh, I'm sure uh, she'd appreciate, and we at Bars Logic here, uh, you know, appreciate putting out any prayers for her and her family, and also uh, you know, for those who aren't, you know, definitely put out your positive th- uh, thoughts and well wishes out uh, for Barbara. Uh, if you know Barbara, you know, I mean, get, I, I just was sent this as a message. Uh, I don't think she'll mind me put, ha- asking people to put those thoughts out for her. Um, definitely keep her uh, in your thoughts. And, again, for the, the prayer for folks here on the show, uh, you know, your, your prayers out to her family as well. Um, she had said that, you know, she'd love to come back on the show. But, you know, I mean, she does get – she wants to get past, of course, uh, you know, her husband's funeral. So that tells me that. Yeah, it's something that's happened uh, recently, and that's unfortunate. Cause, I mean, I mean, I know that's life. Um, Joseph can attest. Uh, that's the second uh, person who, uh, you know, connected with Forest Logic that's recently uh, passed away. Um, and so we we hate to, um, you know, hear about that. You know, you know one of our good friends recently um, passed away as well. 
Joseph, you know who I'm, I'm speaking of, and but uh, this is uh, at this point, you know, we're we're thinking of uh, her, you know, and her uh, Barbara and, and her family. So uh, let's see. So man, I get messages like that. They kind of, uh, you know, th- throws me off, there. <laughs> uh, and you know, a little bit uh, on my train of thought. And so anyway, so we'll have you know, but you know, we'll have her back on. Uh, the show at some, you know, some point, you know, I guess probably within the next couple of weeks, as well as, again, I said earlier, I'm hoping to get uh, a gentleman who is going to be running against uh, Representative Gonzalez here in Ohio uh, in a primary, uh, a primary. So, of course, that's good news, uh, especially this this, this early. Uh, and I said it early, it's good to hear, you know, to get started. I think we're going to need to get started uh, pretty early with that. So, one of the things uh, – you know, we can also and we also do as and I'm encourage our politicians and one politician in particular. And as I've got an article here, it's a brief one. I'll, I'll read through it. And I tell you, this, this person is becoming one of my more favorite uh, politicians. And I'll be honest with you, and I don't mind saying this on Bard's Logic, even though it's not Bard's Logic after dark. Is um, this person I'm about to mention? She's not difficult to look at either. <laughs> And of course, I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about Governor Nome uh, in South Dakota. <laughs> you what? Yeah, she yeah, she's not difficult to look at. I must admit. Um, <laughs> but got uh, so you know, But anyway, um, I digress. It's not even Bart's logic after dark yet. But um, and, and actually, this article wasn't going to be. Well, well, I wasn't no, even going to no, start no, Bart's logic after dark. But <laughs> hey, hey, Robert. You're not yeah. digressing. She is easy on the eyes, which may have helped her get elected. But, you know, I think God created women's beauty so that they can win an audience. And there's nothing wrong with that. The uh, Christy Noel, she is dearly loved in South Dakota. And she made a statement that's stunning. She said, I do not have the constitutional authority to determine which business is essential and which is not. She nailed that one right on the head, and uh, I went to Iowa in September to see my brother and uh, my uh, my sister, and my nephew. Um, he was like, "Oh, you're going to South Dakota? Hey, say, say hi to uh, Christy Nome." <laughs> he really like just this woman is so refreshing. I hope she runs for senate or something or president. Well, I tell you what, I remember. Um, well, sorry about that. I was sending a, a message to to Barbara. No, I tell you what, and, I, and this is definitely digressing, but I will never forget. And it's going to sound silly, I, I'm sure, but I'll never get. I'll never forget the day I met Sarah Palin, and I was at a. Uh, I was at a book signing. I was. Oh, let's see. How many years ago was that? Somewhere between 2005, 2009. So I guess it was in 2008 uh, is when she was uh, running with uh, McCain. And she came to a bookstore here for a book signing. And, uh, I got the book somewhere in my stuff somewhere. I don't know. It's probably buried in my my mixed-up library somewhere. But I tell you what, it was, this is where it's going to count, sound kind of silly, kind of corny. But let's tell you what, when she walked down these stairs, you know, 
And, uh, and I've seen her on TV many times before, but when she walked down those stairs to come out for the, the book signing, I was just like, oh, wow. <laughs> I'll never forget that. <laughs> so I was like, and then when I got up there, she signed my book. I got to shake her hands, talk to her a little bit. And I, I, she was just, see, I mean, I'm, I've lost my tongue. Uh, she was stunning. I tell you what, the me, I don't know if you ever met Sarah Palin in real life, but uh, she was she was stunning. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Um, so here it says uh, South Dakota Geo. Uh, boy, I'm going to sound like a misogynist. I better be careful. <laughs> anyway, I'm not worried about people calling me names. Um, this is anyway South Dakota GOP outsmarts Biden by finding a clever way to cancel. His executive orders, which, God, I, I, I wish more uh, governors would do this. It says, as we all know, President – it doesn't even say Biden. That's awesome. It says, as we all know, Biden has kicked off his, quote, presidency – love it uh, – with a slew of executive orders, despite his, quote, historic win. Biden somehow didn't get too much down-ballot wins. As a result, he's slamming through executive order uh, – executive order – in his dictator style regime, see, see, it's 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 wrong. It's regime. It's it's spreading. And calling it a regime is spreading. <laughs> but one state has outsmarted Biden by introducing legislation. Ah, actual laws, legislation um, <laughs> that would ignore key executive orders he signed. The Republican-led House in South Dakota is presenting a bill that would allow the state to nullify Biden's executive orders if they are determined unconstitutional. This is from the Washington Examiner. The executive board of the legislative branch council may review any executive order issued by the president of the United States if the order has not been affirmed by a vote of the Congress of the United States and signed to law as prescribed by the Constitution of the United States, the bill's text reads. The bill sets up a process for reviewing the president's executive orders, which would be submitted to the governor and attorney general so that the attorney general could, quote, determine whether the state should seek an exemption from the order or have it, quote, declared an unconstitutional exercise of legislative authority by the president. The bill targets orders that would, quote, restrict the person's rights specifically pointing to orders related to the pandemic or other public health emergencies. The regulation of the Constitution keeps uh, – oh, I'm sorry. And the regulation of the constitutional right to keep and bear arms, among other topics. South Dakota has frequently stood out from national and state government amid the coronavirus pandemic with Governor Christy Noem. Uh, I just added that one in. Uh, <laughs> I added that in for a fact. Um, for opting for a more relaxed uh, public health approach that resisted strict lockdowns and mass mandates. Uh, quote, uh, South Dakota is not New York City, Noam said, of her approach. Our sense of personal responsibility, our resiliency, and our already sparse population density put us in a great position to manage the spread of this virus without needing to resort to some of the measures we've seen in some of these major cities, coastal cities, and other countries. So, see, I told you, as I promised, not a, uh, a, long, uh, a long article, but, and of course, setting my 
uh, digressions aside <laughs> for uh, Christy Nome. I think I, I mean not. I got to make thoughts on that, and this is why. I, I, frankly, and of course now I'm sure kind of biased because it's against Biden. Is I think I mean I think it's I think that's a great idea um, to do that. Now the danger is, of course, is once if there's ever a Republican in the office, or who knows. Maybe one day when, when we're still alive, we'll see a, a Constitution Party president. Probably not, but <laughs> it is wishful thinking. Um, or a Patriot Party president. Uh, but then, of course, other places could just you know, do that as well with that. But I think they've done that before. Um, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure I remember that there have been some states who try to get exempted from some of Trump's executive orders. I think this one's just putting some legislation to uh, uh, to that and say, look, if it's unconstitutional, then we couldn't do it. So, Kelly, I want to ask you this, and then you know, bring it back to everyone else. But, Kelly, I mean, let's say, for instance, they get that law passed, right? And so, so I mean, I, I don't, I mean, there's so many executive orders, I can't remember all of them. Um, so, I mean, what type of executive orders do you think that Biden could, you know, put a pen to, so to speak? Whereas this law, you know, would be able to apply. Well, when you have to look at um, <clears throat> Prince versus U.S., um, Justice Scalia, obviously, I'm a big fan of his. And uh, in this country, this is what he wrote, <clears throat> in this country we have a system of dual sovereignty, States versus federal to keep each other in check. It's an accounting, it's an accountability mechanism. And I actually met Sheriff Mack. Uh, it was Mack and Sheriff Mack and Sheriff Prince that went to the Supreme Court because in the was it late nineties when Clinton ordered all law enforcement to start grabbing guns. I introduced Sheriff Mack. We talked more on the way to the airport and such. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, they were big time heroes, and there's another case I can't quite remember what it was. But the federal government only has so much jurisdiction, and it's mind blowing to think about who created whom. Who created who? Did the states create the federal government, or the federal government create the states? This is where the power is when you study states' rights. I'm a big time states' rights advocate. Um. And then there's a counterpunch to this, which is kind of – I'll get to that later. But so the, uh, in 1776, the 13 colonies declared that they were states, and all they had for a union was that phrase, our lives, our fortune, our sacred honor, appealing to the supreme judge of the world. That's in the declaration. Then they formed the Articles of Confederation in 1778, <clears throat> which was a loose union, and then they eventually – the Constitution – in 1787, and it got ratified, I believe, in 88. But there were still some states that would not join the Union until the uh, Bill of Rights was introduced. I mean, sure, they were sending their, their congressional reps and such, but we got the Bill of Rights after the uh, Constitution was approved and we even had a Congress. It was uh, Madison who introduced the Bill, uh, the Bill of Rights in one of the first sessions of Congress, and then they got it out to the states, and they got it ratified. So in order to have a union, there's like um, 
there was a four-step, there was a multi-step process. The first process, the colonies declared themselves as a state. Then they had to fight for seven years, Treaty of Peace, and where King George acknowledged in the Treaty of Paris or Treaty of Peace, 1783, it was a seven-year war, King George acknowledged all seven states in viz, which is in Latin as listed. Okay, so you know adults. So you declare from colony to a state. Then you have a, somewhat of a, a, a union, which is the Articles and then the Constitution. But the Constitution had to be approved by the state, by the states. There's a ratification clause of the Constitution. And it was nine of the 13. So the federal government would not have had any authority whatsoever had the states said, you know, we don't like this Constitution. We're not going to ratify it. And then they had, okay, you're still a sovereign state. You have the choice to join the union or not. Virginia said, we're not joining the union until you get the Bill of Rights put together and get it out. And they got approved, and then Virginia joined. So it's a multi-step process. So the obvious, when you look at history, the states created the federal government, not the other way around. And Prince versus U.S., and there's other Supreme Court cases that discusses, and often the Supreme Court will say, oh, this is a states' rights issue. We're not going to touch it. Turn it back, whatever decision happened by the, you know, by the state. Okay, fine. So, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. It's uh, Lopez versus United States, 1995. It's one of my favorite uh, Supreme Court cases. Oh, really? Okay, Lopez. Can you tell us more about it? It was the it was uh, the uh, landmark lawsuit to say that the federal government cannot tell you where you could put a gun shop because it was near a gun. It was near a school, and then uh, the Supreme Court ruled that you know. The states' rights. It was what year was that? I believe it was, yeah, 1995. Okay, there's been, um, yeah, Prince versus U.S. was another one, and there was, I can't remember this other one, but basically, uh, I wish I could remember this one, but there are a number of states' rights cases. And when you consider the history, yeah, the states created the federal government, not the other way around. So, yeah, South Dakota can do what they want. Now, the caveat or the counterpunch is when the federal government says, you know what, South Dakota, we're not going to give you federal money unless unless you comply with all of our edicts. And that's been a big, big problem, the overreaching federal government because of funding. Well, where did the money come from in the first place? From the back pocket of the voters in a state. So the money comes from – from the back pockets, go to the federal government. Federal government holds a person says, okay, South Dakota, you have to do this, this, and this. If you want federal funding, like, wait a minute, the money came from our citizens anyway. This is a mess, but this is how they end round, uh, they, they, round they, they get around these certain things, and it, it needs to stop because you can, you can by contract, waive your constitutional rights. For example, you get a speeding ticket. Do you waive your right to trial? Do you waive your right to remain silent? Do you waive this, 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 that? And if you do a, if you commit a, some kind of misdemeanor, um, you negotiate what rights you're going to give up for certain benefits. The benefits are you don't spend so much time in jail. So um, defense attorneys do this all the time. They negotiate plea bargain next case as a district attorney. Anyway, um, so you can a state can con- contract away the constitutional rights of the citizens. And 100 years ago, um, 
there would be, if we were 100 years ago seeing what's going on right now, there would be a whole bunch of Americans probably storming the Capitol because they understood our liberties. And your main focus politically would be the states. Robert E. Lee, for example, he was asked by the Union to be the top general. He said, well, I'm going wherever Virginia goes because they understood the states – um, the the union was to protect from foreign invasions and have a, a consistent currency, other other small things, a navy, et cetera. Um, encourage commerce, blah blah blah. Okay, but that's what Robert Lee. That was his answer. Whichever direction goes, whichever direction Virginia goes, I will go. Obviously, that's 1860s. Um, so we are completely upside down, and and the money, and then the printing of money. And we are going to see some inflation. It's already starting to happen. If you notice food prices and other prices, we're going to see yep. inflation. And then other states are like, oh, we need more money, feds. Please give us more money. Okay, just surrender some of your rights. There's also another example. It was uh, Dole versus South Dakota in 1984 where they were litigating uh, the raised legal age uh, was uh, 21 to drink where they were disputing that. So there's another uh, – Example there, and that's uh, once again Dole versus South Dakota, 1984. Nice. Okay. So you remember the uh, push to go 55 mile an hour? That again was state funding or federal funding to the states. Hey, you set your speed limit to 55, you'll get more federal funding. And did you, you see know, what the, amendment that was? In the Constitution, states' rights. Did anybody say that? It's the Tenth Amendment. Well, in Ninth and Tenth, yeah, the Ninth and Tenth. Here, let's read it quick. Okay. <laughs> um, let's let's read it because the states knew. I mean, they, they had just suffered horrendous tyranny under King George, and they wanted to set up a system to protect, <clears throat> well, themselves and their posterity. Um, from this kind of tyranny ever happening again. And so in the amendments, we've got to go to the ninth, ninth, is, ninth and tenth are similar, but here we go. <clears throat> the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not, be to const- shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so the people still held the rights, period. To not be to not be construed to deny the rights already existing within the people. Number ten, states' rights. The powers delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. So, as a union, the states had to give up certain powers for certain benefits. And there was specific powers listed in the Constitution that was delegated to the United States. But whatever powers the states already had would be retained by the hey, states Kelly. and the people. Kelly, real, mm-hmm. real, real quick programming note. We're almost at the top of the hour, so don't let your mics or, or phones uh, die because if they do, then unfortunately you will uh, not be able to call back in. So definitely uh, – Keep those charged, and I do see other folks on the line. If you want to uh, chime in, just push the one on your number dial. Uh, but, again, just uh, 
make sure the the devices you have the the call into the show are charged because uh, you won't be able to call in if it if it drops. Uh, thank you very much, Kelly. Sorry for the interruption. Go ahead. Well, I'm okay. very passionate about states' rights. Obviously, and I studied mm-hmm. it quite a bit, and uh, we can have a whole show on this. Um, I went, as I mentioned, I was out in South Dakota in September, early and early October. I was seriously thinking about moving to South Dakota from uh, California, either that or Idaho. My son's got to get through high school first. Um, but I've I've known people that man, when I'm done with California, they move up to Idaho and they can taste the freedom. I could literally, well, not literally, but. Allegorically, I could taste the freedom in South Dakota. I could feel the freedom in South Dakota. I went to Mount Rushmore, met a lady friend. We were there about a week. But it was, you know, you can tell even just the, the mentality is, is freedom. Sioux Falls is growing like crazy as far as the city. Um, and you, you just people like, hey, let's just work and mind our own business kind of thing. And when you have that rural setting – you have the the more agrarian you are as a culture, the more uh, self sufficient you are, which also means the more independent minded you are. But you pack people in big cities, and then there's it creates enormous dependency, and then oh, it's through the federal government. I get so tired. I get so tired of people who think the federal government is the end all be all of everything. In some situations, yes. The federal government is the end all be all of that topic, but not of everything. And so I, I get tired of people wanting to worship their worship the federal government. I mean, that would be oh, let's see, Democrats, come on. Socialism through the forced compassion through the federal government onto the states, and the states are resisting. Good job, Texas. Um, so it just oh, we can have a whole show. On states' rights, I kind of went into a long answer there about your question, but in some, here's the, kind of the bottom line: in some issues, like South Dakota can't print their own currency. I mean, they can, but there's going to be some problems. Um, there's some things South Dakota can't do, but there's an awful lot South Dakota can do, and then the end run around it is this stupid federal funding that needs to stop. Well, mm-hmm. I, what, I actually – I don't know if anyone here knows of all of the executive orders. Uh, I do have a list of – now, this is the short versions of it. I'm sure they're all, you know, a lot of legalese and everything in them, but the, here's what the, they do, okay? And what we'll do, Kel, is, you, you know, uh, I wonder what type of laws that, we, that can be passed to – you know, uh, mitigate or just avoid these or ones that may be uh, unconstitutional. And these are the different executive orders. Now, one thing you'll find out, uh, you, you'll notice, and I, I calculated it real quick, 18 – now, there was 40 and, – and, and this is two days ago. This article I got that I found that has this list is just from two days ago. And from the time he – you know, uh, 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 that he was instilled into the White House, his coronation uh, until now, there have been – and I'm not counting the last two days if he's had any – the last two days. But up, up until the last two days, he's had 43 executive orders, and 18% of those executive orders have something to do with immigrants or illegal immigration. And so I grab myself something to drink because I'm going to get parched after reading all these. Uh, but then I'm going to go through them, and you guys uh, – 
and then we'll, we'll we'll have a discussion on those. And Kelly, which ones you think might be? I mean, I don't know if any of these are really unconstitutional, the ones I've read through, or, or um, but I wonder what what type of laws that could be enacted to to counter them. I mean, and so I mean, some wouldn't take a law, some you might not want to, but but here they are, and, and I'm you know I'll read them all all off, and then maybe we'll see which ones. Uh, or I'll read them off. I'll tell you, well, let's do it this way because there's 43 of them. We won't get through all of them. But if you hear one, any of you guys on the panel, I mean, if you hear one, if you can think of a, you know, some type of law that could be passed to block it, if, again, if it's something that would need to be blocked, uh, then well, let's further that discussion. And I'm sure we can, as you said, we could have a whole show on uh, the state's rights. We probably could have a whole show on um uh, on how to counteract some of these executive orders. I think some of them are good. Some of them, you know, of course aren't. And the first one says executive order expanding the United States refugee admissions program, directing agencies to broaden access to humanitarian assistance programs and revoking a number of Trump era refugees admission policies. So again, these are just kind of overall, don't get in a lot of detail. And, um, and then another one, it says, Memorandum Updating Obama Administration Guidelines to Promote the Human Rights of LGBTQ People Around the World and Diplomatic Efforts. So here they are trying to be, you know, the president of the world, I guess. It says, Memorandum to Revitalize and Expand the Structure of Foreign Policy and National Security Teams. Revitalize and Expand the Structure of foreign policy and national security teams. So, so that that's pretty broad. <laughs> I, I would definitely mm-hmm. like to hear. The, I'd definitely like to hear the details on that one. Now, this one. Let's, uh, let's, let's go back to. Uh, let's go back to South to uh, South Dakota for a second. Plus number one. Okay. Can you read number one again about aid for illegals? Well, this one, it says uh, executive order um, expanding the United States refugee admissions program, directing agencies to broaden access to humanitarian assistance programs and revoking a number of Trump air refugees admission policies. Well, South Dakota could say, you know what, we're just we don't get many. But let's say South Dakota is on the border. We're just not going to. Give a lot of the money to the illegals that are here. We're actually we're going to work to deport them, like Texas is doing. Okay, but again, how much federal funding will they South Dakota not get? And there's been some recent lawsuits about that. So South Dakota could say, "Yeah, we're on the border. We're just not going to do that." LGBT stuff, forget it. You know, some of the stuff is foreign, but foreign intelligence, so I would have much to do with foreign intelligence, so we're not going to worry about that one. Um, well, the refugees, but, bringing, expanding it, making it, so are they saying that they want to bring more in as far as a broader, I don't know, yeah, culture yeah, that they yeah, want to bring in? Yeah, I mean, this this gives a general overview, so I'd like to see more of um, more of these in depth. And so if anyone mm-hmm. you know listening wants to you know, send me anything – through the uh, either personally or through the Bard's Logic contact page, uh, 
yeah, certainly do it there. But that's what I'm thinking. It's a, you know, broaden access to humanitarian assistance programs. So, you know, again, whatever. So we have refugees here. You know, it's probably more money to them. I mean, that's that's what that comes down yeah. to. Yeah. Sure. I think you're right. That sounds about right. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about what you're saying. Yeah, so expand their programs, which they already have a killer program as a refugee, uh, having refugee status. Oh, my Lord. You read down that page, and they get more than um, a natural-born citizen here that's on Skid Row or, you know, just a natural yeah. citizen in general. They it's do. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. Wow. Okay. Well, here's the wall I think a state – yeah, here's the wall I think a state could pass to say, look, since it's the state – that have to do with their welfare programs, like you know, food stamps and uh, WIC and things of that nature. Say, look, we will not supply any illegal Ill, illegal alien with on our our social safety net programs. If you're here, if you're here illegally, you're not getting. What you're, I don't care if it's a kid. Sorry, you know, no. If you're, in, well, I don't care if you brought ten children here. You're not getting on WIC. You're not getting on welfare. You're not, you know, you're not, you're, you're not, you're not getting any government assistance if you're going to come over with a with a bunch of kids expecting us to feed them. Of course, they wouldn't say it well, like that. But I mean, that, well, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's awfully, well, we're, we're not going to put you a legal immigrant on our social safety nets. That's for our citizens. Well, see that that yeah, that's exactly what you're 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 trying to do here, and I like it, Robert. You're saying what law could a state pass to counter the federal mandates? Well. Homeless shelter that I volunteer at, we have a local source policy because we live a I-5 goes through Irika here, and we get a bunch of transients. Now, we need to take care of our locals first, so a state could, could do that. Well, there you go. There they should say, "Look, we're yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna get let illegal immigrants get our uh, be on our social safety net programs." All right. Anyone let's else move on to some more? Okay, well, okay, this was this executive order reestablishing an Obama-era task force, huh, probably another czar, which, you know, it's Democrats. You know, the, the Democrats are so afraid of Russia, but aren't they the ones who put out the – who appoint czars? I never heard of Trump appointing a czar. Anyway, it says the task force on new Americas to help integrate immigrants into American communities. The order will also call on government agencies – to conduct a review of regulations and policies that create barriers to legal immigration. Again, another one to help foreigners. It says executive well, order introducing it. Go ahead. Okay, so you want to integrate into the communities, legal and illegal, looks like. Okay. Well, what do you want to? How do you want to integrate them? Turn them all into Democrats? Is that your integration program and how great the Democrat Party is? I mean, it's going to be obviously biased, and that's what they're going to do because they want the votes. <laughs> well, remember Political. what happened in the remember, remember what was happening during the Obama administration is they were sending planes and bus loaded loads of illegal immigration to other states and basically telling them they have to accept them. I wonder if they did that to try to skew voting. Well, that's oh, yeah, a real interesting a red state. Let's go ahead and put these illegal immigrants in these red states and then give them, give them a way where they can vote illegally as well. Well, here's, a, here's an interesting counter to that. Um, the city of L.A. was shipping a bunch of illegals by bus 
to Phoenix and to Las Vegas. And all of a sudden, all these dozens and dozens and hundreds of homeless are showing up. And you go talk to the homeless. Well, yeah, L.A. gave us uh, bus tickets and everything, and that's why we're here. So the AG of Arizona got with the AG of Nevada, and they called up the AG of California. You need to stop this L.A. deportation of homeless, or we're going to sue your ass. And so L.A. stopped. All right, now how do you how do you stop pass a law? Um, how do you pass a law? And it's about indoctrination is what it is, you know, integrate into the community, into the collective. All right, you pass a law in your state that such programs, if they're state-run, if they're federal, you can't do anything about it. But if they're state-run programs, they will be taught the Constitution. The law says you will teach the Constitution unbiased. And then they would have a great respect for the Constitution and these Legals and illegals getting integrated, say, into South Dakota, they will adore people like, like Christy Nome. <laughs> they made him do that. Oh, look, and here's another one. Executive order introducing an interagency task force to reunify families by identifying the children and parents or guardians who were separated at the border, facilitating reunification, and then creating a report on recommendations to ensure the federal government does not have policies in place that separate families. You know, that is the thing that kind of pisses me off because you know what? Temporary. Oh, what? You're separating, you're separating children from their families. It's like, you know what? That's what happens when people break the law. You know, that happens here in America too to American citizens is American citizens break the law. They go to jail. And what does that mean when they go to jail? If they have kids, that means they're separated from their children. So why is it okay for us to separate American citizens from their families when when American citizens break the law, but we can't do that with illegal immigrants? Okay, let's uh, pretend we're Arizona. we got federal funds, the Arizona program. All right. The law would say um, we have to vet that the children is, and the parents – are actually the children and the parents. If the person is claiming that this kid is their son when they're not, um, you find the kid's true parents because he's kind of been tra- child trafficked for somebody else's selfish desire to get into the country. So you get the kid reunited with their parents in Mexico or Guatemala or wherever they're coming from. But this person that made the accusation that this is my son, that person gets deported. He gets put on a list permanently. He's never allowed in the country, and he himself gets his ass kicked out of the country for using somebody else's kid for his own selfish advantage. So Arizona could pass a law doing. Now here's another executive order to create a framework addressing the underlying cause of migration to the United States' southern border from mostly Central American countries and work with foreign governments and organizations to create opportunities to process migrants seeking asylum in that region. So Okay. With, all right. With, with federal monies to a state, when it gets turned into the hands of the state, the state would pass a law vetting 
each person that they're not criminals, nor are they connected with a spy network, nor jihad, nor whatever, any type of um, any type of negative view of America, any attempt. Uh, just make sure they're decent people. If they're decent people, great. Let's expedite them in legally so they can become legal citizens, but vet them first. Again, it has to be federal money given to Arizona, federal money given to Texas or California, and that way we only get the good apples of the bunch and the bad apples are out. The problem, the problem though, is if it's a federal edict to, to get that money, the problem is there are going to be specific regulations what a state can and cannot do, which means we're probably going to see a lot of bad apples get across the border and be aided by the United States dollars who are bad apples. This is what we're going to see based on the policies, and this is just really not protecting our country. But this is what the Democrats want. Well, then, you know what? I'm sorry. When somebody busts into your house that had a criminal record in another country – and they bust in your house and do whatever they do to you, then that's your problem for allowing this. Like, come on, people. Another problem with all these illegal flooding, legals and illegals flooding, the border, okay? Housing. Where are you going to house all these people? The demand in, say, for example, L.A., why is, why is the cost of housing so expensive? And Suzette, you can tell us if you want to, how, what would it cost you in rent? But the more illegals and legals that get flooding into the – we can't keep – the housing supply can't keep up with the demand, which means people are going to have to pay a ton of money for rent because of this, I want to say, false or exaggerated demand on housing. And so Americans get a double whammy here. One, uh, well, it's a triple whammy. Okay, if they're a bad apple, they need some place to live, and if they're a bad apple but not bad enough, they're going to get a job. So you're displacing American workers, you're lowering the cost of labor, and the price of housing is going up. And ta-da! Look how many homeless there are in California. It's insane. It's insane. It's only been growing every year. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, don't do the job that nobody else wants to do. And it's like, well, you know what, because California chased all of the um, companies and corporations out and the entrepreneurs, those jobs that uh, you say that nobody wants to do, they'll be working those jobs, you know, everyday Americans working two and three of those jobs if they remain in California. And I pay 1200 a month, by the way, for one bedroom. One bedroom, wow. Wow. That's wow. <laughs> I know, I know mortgages that aren't that high. <laughs> well, Suzette, how long have you been there? Like five uh, years, I've been six here years. Close to close to ten years, I'd say about eight, eight to ten years. Yeah, about that. I, I wonder if you can for the next show, if you can find out what the current. See, because once you kind of get in, they only raise it like maybe fifty bucks a year. 25 bucks a year, whatever, okay, maybe 100 bucks a year, but I wonder... It was raised were, uh, over the last three years. They raised it 50 bucks a year, so... 
Okay, bucks yeah, a year. this will be right, the so, first year we haven't gotten a raise. <laughs> That's a good right, thing. Well, good. Yeah. So if if um, if you pretend that you are new in town and you got to find a one bedroom apartment, is it going to be fifteen hundred, eighteen hundred, three thousand, thirty? I don't know. In San Jose, it's insane. Uh, well, let's you know, put it like, this way. I, I had to help a friend find um, some place to live. Obviously, couldn't afford a, you know, not even a one bedroom or, or a studio. So we found uh, her a room to rent. And for that one room, um, and she has access to the kitchen and cable and internet Wi-Fi. And but she's got to pay a third of the utilities because she's renting a room, and um, and eight hundred dollars a month. Jeez. For just a room. Eight hundred a month. That's it. Mm-hmm. For so a she room. Does she get to use the is kitchen or does she get a room? Yeah, she has uh, kitchen access, no beach, <laughs> just kitchen access. Like I said, cable, Wi-Fi free, um, but she has to pay a third of the utilities. So she's Does she pretty have to much share a bathroom? Uh, no, no, she has her own bathroom. Does she have to uh, – is she not allowed to use the living room? Oh, I don't know, I guess. I, I Well – I suppose so. It's a community area, basically, you know, use of it, the whole house, but um, kind of awkward when you want to have friends over, you know, so. <laughs> you have your roommates yeah. coming in and out. Well, that sounds like, that sounds but, weird to me. It works. That's what a lot of people are doing here. You see rooms for rent all over the place. There's a lot of things, a lot of rent, um, rooms for rent in Chino Hills, which is um, a very, you know, expensive area. Uh, and Diamond Bar area, here where I live in San Bernardino County, that would be like the upper, upper, upper. And so you have all these huge um, estate houses, and people can't afford them, so they rent rooms. Rent, rent out rooms, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, it, it, it would be bad if, well, it's hard for her to have friends over, but also she doesn't really have access to the living room. You're renting a room. You're not a roommate. Roommate means the whole house. Room is you're confined to this area. Eight hundred bucks a month. Thank you very much. I mean, this is wow. I've seen this in San Jose. You're packing mm-hmm. eight, That's ten terrible. people into a yeah. basically. And the oh yeah, yeah. And people are sleeping on the couch, and they're still paying. You know, they, they split it like eight of them times four hundred. That's thirty two hundred bucks a month. There's wow. only two bedrooms. Mhm. And how do you yeah, do this? Because you see all the cars in their driveway and on the grass and <laughs> the front yard. Oh, that's a house with a multi-family living <laughs> right there. Wow. Seriously. Well, we got so this is one the either. result. This is this is the result of of all these immigrants coming into. Oh, we're so compassionate. We're screwing. Our, we're hurting our own people from the yeah. demand. Market forces. Hello, Congress. Hello, Congressman. And the next one we got here is the executive order to strengthen the Affordable Care Act and Medicaid by directing agencies to review any policies that may hinder access to the ACA and recommending the opening of a three-month enrollment period for uninsured Americans. Yeah, so I wish I had more details, but that that one seems like I definitely would like to see the numbers on that. and it says, Memorandum Reversing Trump's Administration's Mexico City Policy that Blocked Funding to Groups that Include 
abortion services, or information in their family planning programs and suggesting their reconsideration of policies that, quote, impose undue restrictions on the use of federal funds or women's access to complete medical information. Okay, so we're, so, paying, so we're paying for foreign abortions. The states can't do much about that, but vote this, these jokers out of office. Yeah, it's you know the uh, anyway <laughs> this executive order elevating. And here, here's a fun one. Uh, I don't know what the states could do about this, but uh, executive order elevating climate change as a national security concern and committing to the goal of conservation goals. So elevating climate change as a national security concern. So what I mean. So what, what does that mean that, you know, if it's a national security, that they can, you know, bring in the National Guard or the military to, to guard something that they think it's going to cause cl- – or maybe seize coal plants or other power plants because they think, oh, my gosh, this is against uh, uh, climate – this is a, uh, creating climate change. So we have to have the military somebody take over these, these coal power plants. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stretching it there, I think, but – who knows? Maybe well, I'm not. Well, I don't. Well, what it means is, uh, I mean, making climate change a national security concern. Well, what it means, uh, Robert, is it's, it's an issue of national security when a cow's farting. <laughs> so they have to confiscate all the cows to make sure they don't fart. Incoming. Incoming. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this one's pretty broad. Uh, Executive order establishing the President's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology. It says, Executive order, oh, yeah, here, this, 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 uh, this, will help, this will help keep America safe. Executive order directing the phase out of private prisons by not renewing contracts from the Department of Justice. The order does not apply to federal agencies such as U.S. Immigration and Custom Enforcement. But basically, no more private prisons. So less prisons is what that means. Yeah, that's nice. Oh, well, here's the actually, Wuhan virus. Actually, here's the actually, one I think that's the Wuhan virus. Go ahead. Well, actually, um, some people call it the prison industrial complex. Where you build a prison, you make a ton of money, you make bank, and there needs to be some prison reforms. Um, there, there really needs to be. Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, it's a, a grand jury indicted two judges for sending juveniles to this kind of a prison camp. It was a camp that was supposed to help juveniles, um, and and they weren't getting enough business, so they basically bribed the judges, and the judges were sending people that shouldn't have even went to this, it's like a kid's camp, but it's a prison um, kind of a thing. When you have prison for profit, you end up having a degrading of human beings. Something needs to be done. So I, I would like to consider, I mean, I might even <clears throat> give a compliment to Joe Biden for doing this, but I, I'd have to read more into it. Um, well, you know, I really don't know. Uh, Kelly, I have to disagree I, I, um, with you there because, I mean, I was actually considering investing in a prison. Um, I thought about starting my own prison myself. Um, 
So you're you're really bursting my bubble. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding, Kelly. I'm just <laughs> well. It, I know, I know. But if, <laughs> that's, that's funny. Well, if, yeah, that's funny. Well, if you, you if there make is, a lot of money, my ears perked up. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, yeah. I mean, if if there is a private prison. And it can be more efficient than government, which private sector typically does things more cost-effective. But if there's accountability, so there's no abuse here, okay. I mean, and this this gets into a, a way more complicated issue than what we have time for right now. And then, uh, I mean, I mean, there was a few, you know, I think if I was to have a prison, it'd be. Uh, one that would, you know, keep the incarcerated movie stars that were caught for shoplifting, um, just so I have an opp- opportunity to maybe meet with uh, Winona Ryder, and <laughs> she's one of my favorite actresses. And she got busted for shoplifting one time, I guess because she was bored or something. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> anyway, well, I'm, me, I digress. I'm, I'm, just, um, I'm being goofy now. Huh, Robert? You did you did have a prison. Um, you did have one, but um, you were fired as warden. You let Nancy Pelosi escape. Uh, so unfortunately, after an illustrious career being a warden for about uh, ninety days, after Nancy Pelosi escaped, that was pretty much your uh, the end of your uh, career. So um, oh, I thought there you, you go. I, I thought you were going to say you had a prison, but then you got divorced. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Well, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> don't take it personally, but um, I did take your place. So I'm the warning <laughs> one in the prison. And by the way, anyone listening to we'll the show, anyone who has any information <laughs> about Nancy Pelosi or about her whereabouts, please call the uh, tip line at one eight eight eight. One eight 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 two seven seven one seven one zero, and ask for Kelly, uh, and here's a fifty thousand dollar reward. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, here's a here's a fun one. Again, this is the one I think that uh, it's the one they talked about where you can't say Wuhan virus, right, or Chinese virus. The memorandum condemning racism and xenophobia against Asian Americans in Pacific Islanders in response to the coronavirus pandemic and instructing the Department of Health and Human Services to consider best practices to mitigate language and guidance that could further racism. So mitigate language and guidance that could further racism is basically say you can't say the Wuhan or Chinese virus. That, that's got, that has to be the executive order that, that says that. That's, that's, I think that's the one where people are like, oh, yeah, you can't say we'll have virus. A state could pass a law. We are not going to – we will not arrest or charge criminally anyone that says the word Wuhan virus. Again, it depends on the money given to the states and the authority of – the states in that executive order. So, but here in Siskiyou County, law enforcement is not, they, we are not going to ticket anybody for uh, not wearing masks. So even you go down to local law enforcement, now ah, that's a law. We're just not going to, we're just not going to enforce it. Sorry. I mean, 
So somebody didn't wear their mask. Okay, whatever. Um, there's laws that even local law enforcement just won't enforce. Um, this is just showing the ridiculousness. You're trying to thwart my free speech. I can say Wuhan virus, That's Wuhan virus, like. Wuhan virus, Wuhan virus. Come on. And then you know, one uh, we name it the Beijing virus, and then we'll be okay, right? They didn't say we can say China Beijing, virus, right? Wuhan. China virus, Wuhan virus, Be- Beijing virus, Asian virus. Come on. They want to call it the Trump virus, but we're not going to. Uh, and then there's a memorandum directing agencies to mitigate racial bias and federal housing policies. And then there's this one's interesting. Uh, Memorandum recommitting the government to respecting tribal sovereignty. See, executive order reversing Trump administration policy to ban transgender people from serving in the military. Executive, yeah, I don't know if Fed can't do anything about that, I'm sure. Executive order committing well, they, to they can, the American- they can with the National Guard. The governor, Governor, you know, Christy Knoll can say, hey, look, uh, National Guard, uh, you know, we're going to ban transgenders. Sorry. Oh, okay. That's the National Guard. That's within the governor's purview. Now, this one, I mean, I want to read the – I mean, because you know sometimes Democrats um, name a bill, and it does the exact opposite, or it's the exact opposite of what the bill set is called. So I'm wondering if this uh, executive order uh, is just that, because I have a hard time believing that Biden would put this executive order. Says executive order committing to investing in American companies and closing loopholes that, quote, allow companies to offshore production and jobs while still qualifying for domestic preferences, end quote. So I would like to read more of that one because – I wonder if that's, you know, just something that sounds good but actually does the opposite. You know what I mean? Like like the Affordable Care Act. <laughs> now, this one is I, – I find this one uh, interesting. It's not hypocritical because of what Biden said about Trump when he wanted to ban travel from China. Says proclamation to suspend the entry of non-citizens to the U.S. Who wait a minute? Think about this. Think about this, folks. Uh, listen to this. This is going to blow your mind. Proclamation to suspend entry of non-citizens to the U.S. who were present in certain regions in the 14 days prior to their exempted entry, including the Swangen area, the United Kingdom, excluding overseas territories outside of Europe, the Republic of Ireland, the Federation. The Federative Republic of Brazil And Republic of South Africa So we can have all these people From Central uh, America And and Russia uh, Not Russia And Mexico Coming up through our southern border But we can't have anybody From the United Kingdom Or the Republic of Ireland uh, Coming over to America What the hell You know But I guess it's it's supposed to be a COVID thing I think that's uh, terribly racist of Biden. Yeah, he's a xen- he's a xenophobe against uh, against Irish. See, there you go. The Irish hatred is back. 
Now, this one, yeah. um, we'll see how this spreads. It says executive order uh, uh, restoring collective bargaining power for federal employees and redirecting the Office of Personal Management to provide recommendations for achieving a $15 minimum wage for federal workers. So that's just for federal workers. But we, of course, but here's the thing. If they're going to get $15 an hour minimum wage for federal workers, guess what's going to go up? They've got to find a way to pay for that, so they're going to tax us for it. When the word collective bargaining occurs, what that means is union power and oh, yeah. union due and more money for the Democrat elections. States can't Ooh, really do much about it. Good point. That's a good observation. Well, that's what almost broke uh, Wisconsin, all these teacher unions. And uh, this is the cycle of unions, basically, is is – you, you form a union, you, you collect a bunch of money, um, and then the union has enormous political power. The unions go and plead to the legislature, oh, our teachers need more more money. So the teachers get a raise and more union dues. They come back a second time, teachers need more money, teachers need more money, teachers. And that's when Scott Walker just said, I'm done with this because we're just paying way too much, and, and it really helped balance the budget in Wisconsin. Um, he somewhat broke, somewhat broke the teachers' unions and their power over the government. It's a loop. Again, what can the states do about it? Not much. This appears to be a federal-only issue. Okay, and then we've got um, this next one here. Executive order promoting assistance from federal agencies to individuals, families, and small businesses amid the COVID-19 pandemic. So I would like to hear more about that. It says executive order to identify supplies and accelerate the production supplies needed to respond to the coronavirus pandemic, including the vaccines and personal protective equipment. Now, here's one I want to talk on, which I find ironic. Executive order stating support for reopening schools, calling on the Secretary of Education to work with elementary and secondary schools on how to reopen and stay open. So during the Trump administration, they they did all they could to keep the schools open, or closed, I should say, to keep the the schools closed. You notice that now that people like Cuomo – and these other, you know, and, and now that executive order for reopening schools, it's like, wait a minute. You guys were saying that we were trying to kill, kill, kill students. These, remember Nancy Pelosi, oh, these are our children. They're putting our children in danger, you know, by trying to say sending kids back to school. Now, now that Biden's back, you know, is instilled in the White House, the occupier-in-chief is in the White House, you know, now they want to open up schools and open up the economy. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm telling you, the the politicization of, of the COVID virus is just unbelievable. It just it, it amazes me how half the, how half the country can't see this. But now, well, even an executive, too. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. percent of the country's schools are open right now. Sixty percent of the schools in the nation are open, and so. What are we going to go back, and are we going to take ten percent off 
And I mean, I don't understand. In order to make that 50%, then <laughs> you know what I mean? They're 60% open, and they said they want to open at least 50% um, and have teachers in school teaching at least once a week after they open 50% of the country's schools. But 60 are already, 60% are already open, some of them, um, depending on their districts and states and all that, full, you know, full on back to school. Some of them are hybrid um, teaching, um, what do you call it? And so I don't understand what, what that executive order is about entirely because if 60% are already open, how can he open 50 with only one teacher teaching or with one teacher teaching once a week <laughs> and then moving on from there? That doesn't really make any sense. So states are already doing what they want to do, you know, according to their population. So, well, what, yeah. what, 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 I, what I could see happen from this is that, you know, you got a teacher with 20, maybe 25 students. Oh, my gosh, what we really need to do is drop the capacity to, say, 12 students in the same class size classroom so 12 students per teacher, and then we need more teachers. We need more school buildings, federal funding for that. It would be a construction boom of sorts. Hmm. That would be teacher's boom. And the t teachers are going to get paid the same amount with half the kids, which means the teachers' unions are going to get more money, which means the Democrats are going to get more money. There's a lot of things behind these legislations. I mean, I've worked, you know, as an engineer, I design homes, and I see how the codes are put in place for a forced sale of a product. I've been discussing this for years, and it's frustrating. The houses cost a darn much money because somebody wants to sell their product by force to the building code. You can use government to improve your business big time. You can use and an direct um, government to hire more workers in an industry that is politically favorable to you, like construction unions, and again, that union money goes to elect more Democrats. I'm just seeing the potentials here, but why, if his ideas are so good, why can't you get the consent of Congress? Why do you have to use the power of executive order? And is it really Joe doing this? Because he's more of a moderate Democrat. Um, it, it's mind-blowing, the tricks. I mean, I can see right through a lot of stuff. It's for well, and, uh, political uh, power. Kelly, hold on. I am not a modern Democrat. That is not true. Oh, I said Biden was. You said <laughs> the Joe. The executive are oh, limited you, you, to what he you said Joe. Wait, Joe, wait a minute. Joe. Oh, okay, okay. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. Am I calling into CNN? I can't remember. Did I call into the right place? Wait, wait, wait. Hold, hold, wait, wait, hold on a second. Is this is this the thing before the thing? You, you know what I mean, right? Uh, did did I call the wrong number? I'm sorry. Did I? Uh, uh, you 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 know I was a senator for 58 years from from uh, Colorado, right? I think I was. Yeah, and I went to a historically uh, Asian college. Or was it a black one? I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I may have to see my doctor tomorrow. I apologize for the interruption. I think I called the wrong show. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, if, if if it was CNN you called into, we will tell you what your political views are. And uh, speaking of using Wuhan flu, Wuhan flu, how about the Spanish flu? Spanish flu. we got to stop saying Spanish flu. I hope you didn't have to go to the doctor because you might have had Spanish flu or the Wuhan virus. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's ridiculous. And then um, now, now this one, uh, gosh, I can't believe we only have 15 minutes left, less than that for me to close. I'll, I'll, this will be the last one, and then I guess we'll have to start getting closing comments and closing things out. Uh, again, I knew we want to get through all of them. Um, and wow, there's still a lot left. But this one, this one, you know, sounds good. But we, 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 we both, we all know it's, you know, BS because there's got to be. I'm sure there's something behind it. And uh, it says here, it's uh, executive order. Um, you know, there's. I'm, I'm sure it just sounds like there's something to farce about behind it. And just hear me out. There's executive order calling for the Occupational Safety and Health Administration to issue guidelines on COVID-19 for workplaces and establish an enforcement program for violations that put workers at risk. So it sounds like here this is definitely going to be some type of control mechanism for businesses, you know, to control businesses. So there's, it sounds like they're trying to do something good, but I, I, it just sounds nefarious to, to me. You know, well, union, union, union shop construction is typically slightly um, more consistent because they have training the unions do. Um, but unions do a lot of good. They just get a little too much power. But um, the OSHA violations, um, unions are a little better at complying with OSHA safety standards just because of their training versus private sector, private, a bunch of guys want to build a house, you know, um, they're a little more careless, if you will, with construction. And so the net effect could be yep. that it hurts non-union construction. But this is about COVID. This is, I think this is to protect people to keep them at risk of getting COVID. That's what this so they're turning, for. So, so they're turning OSHA. You're empowering. You're, you're giving OSHA badges to be mask Nazis. Is that what's going on here? That's what it kind of sounds like. That's what it sounds like. And I'm familiar with OSHA because I worked. Uh, I worked at a nursing home for. It was only for a year. Um, but I'm, I'm familiar with them, you know, from just working, working and nursing him for a year. Um, yeah, I ran three departments there, but yeah, that's what it kind of sounds like uh, to me. Now, of course, as you know, there's there's many more of these. Uh, unfortunately, we're running out of time, and so we're going to have to at least be able to give people a couple minutes for their closing comments, and then I'll have to, you know, close things out uh, for the night. Uh, for the show, so I see we got you know, you know, thirteen and a four nine. So each person, yeah, about two. Yeah, each person got about a minute and a half or so for for closing comments. Uh, I, I feel like I rush you guys through those sometimes. Um, but if you'd like to, uh, you know, get about again a minute and a half, maybe even two minutes for closing comments uh, for tonight. Uh, some things you wanted to. Say about uh, you know today's impeachment that maybe hasn't been said, or if you want to you know add on to any of the other 
topics we talked about tonight. Um, now's the time to do our closing comments. And so we'll just kind of do it down the line here. So we'll yourself, Joseph, and then you, Suzette, and then David, Kelly, and then I'll close things out myself. Uh, so go ahead, Joseph. Okay, you scared me for a second. I thought you'd call me for Joe. Anyways. Um, <laughs> wake up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got to wake up. Exactly. No, well, actually, I was watching the uh, the impeachment trial, and I think I'm still half asleep because it is so boring as hell. I'm like, oh, Lord Almighty. I'm glad I'm not in their shoes. Torture, torture, torture. But uh like you uh, said at the beginning of the show, the time to act is now, not tomorrow, not not a minute from now, is now. And um, let's see what happens uh, next week. Uh, it seems like every new week it's uh, a new drama. <laughs> There's something new. It's like That's a always super. added onto the plate. <laughs> I know, right? It's like days of our lives, right? They never want to end it. So uh, America's uh, <laughs> Exactly. And uh, it's an honor, privilege, and pleasure to be uh, a part of the show and uh, to uh, have amazing uh, patriots on this show as well, um, such as Suzette and Kelly and Lecter Tolberg and uh, Robert and uh, humbly, especially me. No, just kidding. Uh, no, no. <laughs> no, just kidding. I always wanted to say that. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm being really <laughs> humble about myself. Yes, yes. Especially me. Let's not forget that, okay? And uh, <laughs> good night. God bless. Stay safe. And uh, I'll see y'all next week. See you next week. Thank you very much, Joseph. Go ahead, uh, Suzette. Okay. Oops, I don't know if you can hear me. Yeah, we got you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I just wanted to say uh, thank you for having me on the show, and thank you, um, everybody, for participating. It was a good conversation. Um, also, I just wanted to add that the executive order, they're just a, a type of uh, instruction he puts out. It's a, because they have the memorandum and they have the executive order that they can use just to put out instruction. And so because it's only an instruction, um, Congress – and the federal courts can strike it down, either or. Um, and so there's some recourse there over those some of those executive orders, in which we are really seeing some of the states fighting back, like uh, Texas, who is fighting back on an immigration one. So um, that's pretty much it. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Oh, you're welcome. I uh, appreciate that you guys coming on uh, each week and, and having the, the great conversation, certainly. And, you know, of course, you know, get the link here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, where you're going to sh- you share through folks on your social uh, media, whether it's you know Twitter or Facebook, or hopefully when Parlor comes back, um, and then of course you know you know email it. You can take the link and email it to your friends. So they can listen to the show. There's also other podcasts uh, and podcast apps uh, such as iHeartRadio and just uh, 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 other uh, podcasts where you can hear uh, the, the show. Uh, podcast apps you can hear the show but you know again you, you guys have a lot of folks on your emails i'm sure uh so just sending those uh links out uh to the program uh to them through your email you can get the link here on blog talk radio uh for bars logic political talk and of course i certainly appreciate it uh go ahead um over to you david Yeah, I just wanted to say uh, thank you for having me on the show. I hope everyone has a good week. 
and uh, we'll watch this impeachment trial unfold. It's just a, it's just a witch hunt. That's all it is. And you know the truth will come out, and then 2022 will will be a time reckoning for the Republicans. They will overwhelmingly take the House and the Senate. But until then, we have to watch the occupier in chief rule out one executive order to the other. So everyone, stay safe. God bless, and have a good week. Well, thank you, you too. And then Kelly, go ahead. Well, I like the uh, closing thoughts of Joe. I mean Joseph, Joe. Uh, Suzette and David there. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess uh, cow, cow farts are an issue of national security, and so are pig farts and sheep farts. And what are we going to do about the bison and the buffalo? And the, you know, um, what about the zebras? And what about the earthworms? There's a big study on that that they're producing a lot of CO2. Okay, so earthworms could be classified as an issue of national security. But they should really security. be on China since they got a billion people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just passed an edict that uh, no Chinese can fart anymore. Okay, um, <laughs> but that would be racist. Okay, <laughs> anyway, that would be so, racist. <laughs> anyway, so I think that's the executive order there, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, you know, okay, okay. So. Um, Trump, they're going to remove him from Mar-a-Lago. Okay, well, uh, the American people just are laughing right now. I mean, or maybe what it is is they're so afraid of Trump winning in 2024. So if this impeachment doesn't work, they're going to try to drum up some type of felony. Some prosecutor from the Department of Justice will work to convince a grand jury oh, I'm to sure. indict, indict Trump um, so he can't run. for they're, they're scared of him, obviously. Or maybe is it that the corrupt people just don't want to go to jail, and that's why they've got to do whatever they can to get Trump out of Mar-a-Lago. <clears throat> I know. I wonder if Trump can fart in Mar-a-Lago. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, states' rights. We got to understand that what is and isn't and possible. Um, I am encouraged by so many Americans becoming aware that this lady friend that she all of a sudden she's posting stuff about the Constitution, about liberty. I'm like, wow, oh, geez. she's awoken. So there's an awful lot of Americans uh, they are coming out of the woodwork. Again, t- uh, check out the Mike Lindell video on BitChute. Uh, oh, a yeah. Shock there, right? Yeah, if we have an honest election in 2022, yeah, I could see the House and say going Republican because it's only been a few weeks, and Biden has um, – Done this craziness. He was supposed to be a moderate Democrat, but maybe he's not even pulling the strings. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's, he's sniffing not. hair somewhere. Yeah. So anyway, the <clears throat> yeah the uh, we should nickname for Biden that that's a uh, shampoo sniffing guy. Yeah, yeah, the shampoo sniffing guy. Shampoo <laughs> anyway. tester, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> Yeah, shampoo smell. Who knows? Uh, yeah, it, no, but yeah, as always, you know, I appreciate it, and uh, you have to close things out myself here. Um, yeah, definitely, you know, appreciate to come back, uh, you know, next week again. You know, share the link out, folks. Uh, certainly uh, appreciate it, and you know, hopefully, I'll get uh, you know an email back from the, the campaign of the gentleman who's going to be running against uh, Gonzalez, Anthony Gonzalez, here in Ohio. So I'll keep you posted on that, um, you know, and, and 
you know, let's go there. You'll 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 see it in the you know in the conversations we have. I'm sure. So yeah, we're gonna have to work through this uh, this impeachment. I, I mean, I kind of would like to see it go longer, just because I think that you know it could expose more people who normally just watch uh, the mainstream media. Uh, but who knows? Maybe the uh, the alphabet media once the the Republicans put on their witnesses, if they even have them, they may just shut it off. They may just like, oh well, we're not gonna hear that. Which of course that can that can be worked in um, in our benefit as well, and that's what we got to do. I mean, we got to make lemonade out of these lemons that we have, uh, with the Democrats being in, and try to find uh, you know ways to, to have what they're doing, you know, be used to expose them uh, to you know the American people that haven't yet been uh, you know totally uh, manipulated by uh, and, and fallen prey to the the media lies. So we'll, of course, uh, close tonight as I do each night. Uh, that is by the, the music by Aubrey Ashburn. I believe she's in art now, so who knows? Maybe one day I'll, I'll uh, own one of her paintings. But anyway, folks, uh, we'll see you next time. Take care and good night. Mm-hmm.